you can have anything, but you cannot have everything at the same time. People don't realize that to be successful or to be famous means you have a sacrifice. I was on tour in Helsinki and I get a phone call that my uncle has passed away. I asked one of my aunts, I'm like, should I spend the three grand on the flight to go over there and go to the funeral? And they literally tell me, well, he's already passed away. And if you come, there's nothing else you can do. This is the sacrifice that it comes to like fulfilling a client's coaching program, being in another country overseas. With every level, there's a new devil. That just means with every level of success, there's a new level of sacrifice. The following is a conversation with Madison Social, a world-renowned dating and personal development coach, former colleague of mine who has traveled the world multiple times, more times than I have, giving seminars to thousands of men and women. Now, we will talk about his encounters with Ariana Grande, the psychological effects of being on world tour, and many, many value nuggets on work ethic, social dynamics, and philosophy. Let's get started. Dude. Mr. Madison, where Dude. are you tuning in from? I'm in uh, South America at the moment. Ooh, where exactly? Uh, Colombia, going to Ecuador in two weeks, a little bit. I have a boot camp in Mexico, doing Plato Car in Mexico. So, wow. So, for the people who don't know you, you are a very well esteemed ex colleague of mine from the dating yeah. and personal development times. Uh, we've been doing events together, we've been getting together in Miami and Vegas many times. You were the very person who lended me your suit jacket on one of my very first speeches back in the days in Montreal. Wow, you remember that? Yeah, that's true. I then do. Went, yeah. And, and also something else. I gave you your first something else too. But that's a maybe a story <laughs> another time. In Vegas. And and you're you well you're you're very well renowned all across the world. You're touring the world uh, teaching young men uh, self-confidence and, you know, um, dating advice and all that jazz. And people love you. And uh, I love you too, man. And so that's why I thought, hey, we should have Madison on the podcast as well. So there you are. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. You know, it's actually, it's good to talk to you because I know for a while when we were working together, it was pretty, it's pretty wild because when we worked together, everybody was in different countries internationally. Yeah. And there's times where I don't see people for a year. And it's always weird to have like brothers that you have, like that you're working with. Sometimes you have falling outs with them. Sometimes you don't. And you're very far away. And then you get together like once or twice a year and party. And that's cool. And I haven't seen you in person uh, in forever, but I've been like watching what you're doing. And I've been like, just like, man, Max has like really like put himself out there and done amazing things. And I thought it'd be cool to hop on with you and like also to be able to talk about like just to fucking catch up about cool stuff yeah. that's been happening, see your new perspectives about stuff, talk about things that I've been um working on people have been asking me like when you talk to max like give him like the update on everything that happened in like the dating and self-confidence world and social world like so we <laughs> talk about that talk about some business stuff as well just Love see it. like what your epiphanies are like all that i'm so excited for it bro yeah man hell yeah 100 i mean last time we saw each other must have been miami or vegas summit 2000 ish 18 1918 i think something like that yeah. And um tell me, give me give me the update. What's what's new in Madison's world right now? What is he up to? You're traveling, you're South America. Give me a full on yeah. catch up here. So full on catch up. I probably did more tour. You were touring a lot back in the day. Like you were touring to like we would tour back in the day to like we would have like physical complications with our health. So <laughs> yeah. I, I continued that speed. I did 125 cities. I did 45 countries. Uh when I checked the maps, like on my travel. It's actually crazy because I traveled enough to go to the moon and back and halfway <laughs> back into the moon. That's how many miles it was. It was like a ridiculous amount. And people don't really understand what that means. That means like we were the craziest social experiment 
in human history ever. <laughs> like before, like if my parents wanted to like go to like London from Africa, they had to hop on a boat for two weeks and like some of them would like die on the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like two months. And like we would do that over and over. So the amount of like reference experiences, people don't know what that is, but amount of social experiences that we have and we understand about humankind is it's incredible. It's a feat never to be achieved again. Like even um pilots that drive go on airplanes and uh and air hostess, they don't go and like yeah. Like assimilate in the culture, they go and they go and sit on a resort or a beach for like the two days they have off and come back. We weren't yeah. like in the beach. We were like learning languages, just seeing what people understand, learning their cultures, uh, the, the the nuances of their culture, understanding their psychology. Like the the amount of like uh, information that goes into my like our computer brains before we make a social decision is incredible, and I don't think people really understand that. But anyways, that's what we did. That's what we did. <laughs> and um, what, yeah, and I'm just continuing. I'm continuing to do that. I've been like really wondering like what the next chapter for me is going to be. Um, I still have a relationship with that company. I have like a, uh, let's say an agreement for the moment. And we're, you know, constantly like re- renegotiating that agreement. And I'm always thinking about like, what's the next thing? What's the next biggest and best thing I want to do? Because a lot of the big things that I did before, they were, they were really huge, but I was not in a position to take advantage of them or I didn't. I don't know if it was fear on my end or I don't know if it was like not the right time with the company. Like, for example, like I worked with, I was like one of the first person people to do a podcast with Michaela Peterson, like three and a half years ago before. Oh, no she, way. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, um, just like a lot of people that I knew I came across and I worked with before they, they, they even got like popular, like Sterling Cooper and the Tate guys. And like, just a whole bunch of people. I was just like, I was like, ah, now's not the right time. And I never did it certain things. And I'm like, if I had pulled the trigger on, on certain behaviors in those moments, those opportunities, I think I would be in a different trajectory. So now what I'm really trying to do is like, I would say in my career, my personal life and development is like, not just, um, it's to pull the trigger on the opportunities when they are there, when my gut instinct tells me they're right. Even if it's an inconvenience to those around me, I'm always like a team player, a team guy. I'm like, what's the team want? What's the team want to do? It's like, I got to pull the trigger on certain opportunities, even if it's like an inconvenience to those who around me, because at the end of the day, who's going to take care of you at the end of the day, like, you know, when you die, people will be sad for a month and look at you in their lives. Like <laughs> it affects you at the end of the day. So, you know, that, that that's something I'm working on for all my projects moving forward in the future. So I'm yeah. doing a business coaching one uh, for just, just for coaches, for coaches that want to be coaches. It's not even business coaching. It's like people that are trying to learn how to develop the art of teaching and the art of coaching. Because, for example, what we did, it wasn't like we just made up some like theories in our bedroom. I call this the uh, I call this the microphone podcast coach. This is what I call <laughs> it. Microphone podcast coach has been invented in the last like three years since like the pandemic happened. And everybody's like, oh, so you're a coach. Like you do a podcast. It's like, no, no, no. We actually like would go out, test something ourselves, try yeah. it 100 to 500 times, see if it worked. Then write like a field report or a theory on the internet about it have other people go out and try it. And then we go and we try to teach this to our students and replicate it in our students so that our students can do whatever we're talking about as good as we're talking about it. And then finally, once it's passed that limit test of doing it like 20, 30 times, we might make a video about it and teach it. <laughs> so um, that that's 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 what we, we did and that's what we do. So everything I do is like for the, even the teaching coaches how to coach, it includes that. And then I have some other things I'm thinking about doing. I'm really thinking, I'm really thinking about what I can do to bring like men and women together harmoniously. I don't think dating mm. advice is up to date. I think it's like super out of date. I think a lot of the uh, game advice is out of date. It needs to be updated yeah. tremendously. Well, that's well, you, you've basically just brought like a hundred points all at once. 
So yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I found I found one thing very interesting. You said you you've had the opportunity or you did have the opportunity to work with uh, with Michaela Peterson and with the Tate brothers. Can you get, walk me through that. Yeah. So uh, the Tate the Tate thing that's just, that that camp basically like about three years ago, maybe three and a half years ago, I just like ran into Sterling Cooper on the street and I hopped on his podcast. And this is before like he was associated with really, with them. Or before like fresh and fit really blew up when they had like 60,000 subscribers and stuff. And um, I was in that scene. I was like, ah, you know, it's kind of like adult content. I don't really want to be associated with that at the moment. Let me like mm. not do that. Michaela Peterson stuff is at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember we hopped on a podcast. We were supposed to hang out and do some more stuff. And then literally, because we're I was living in Toronto at the time. She was in Toronto. The Petersons are from Toronto. Mm. And uh, we were all going to get together and hang out. And no way. Yeah, COVID happened, and then Jordan got sick, right? This is, this is before he got, like, super sick. But, you know, all this is just say that I was in a, a lot of the right places at the right time. Mm. And I think if you're in the right place, just generally in life is a lesson. If you're in the right place at the right time, you can still mess up. I think it's not enough to have an amazing work ethic. I think I have a really strong work ethic. I think you have a this amazing, astounding Austrian-slash-German work ethic one of the best I've ever seen. I think I'm a close like two and a half compared to that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like better than some people that we used to work with, but not as good as you in my work ethic. Like I don't mind working all day, every day on something I love. It doesn't bother me. But work is not the only thing that matters. I think it's also opportunity. And I tried to study opportunity as like a craft for the last year in my life. And really like what makes somebody lucky or what makes somebody has the opportunity? How do you identify opportunities? And opportunities I've learned usually come when things are going bad in life there's also an opportunity. Like when the stock market crash, somebody's always also benefits from it. So I try to like mm. understand what opportunities are. And then on top of having opportunities, there's an expression, the, the, the hand, the mind conceives, the mind conceives in vain if the hand be not quick to execute a design, which Ooh. means like if you have a great opportunity, but you don't fall through with it with work and consistency, then you never get lucky. And I think I'm a person that's very creative and artistic. And I get like excited about an idea and I lose momentum on it 30, 60 to 90 days in. Whereas like the real truth of brilliance is not the idea, but the person who can do the boring thing consistently over mm. a long period of time. And then they see amazing growth. Like I've really been impressed with what you've done with your Instagram for your business uh, account, because that was a simple thing to do at high quality, which is hard enough, but to do it consistently every single day for 120 days or whatever it is. And then you get yeah. the result, you yeah. know, and that's really like, that is what luck is. And if you're doing that, then you have the luck. And I think that's something I'm always trying to work on and cultivate as a skill because, yeah, uh, yeah I, I envy that in other people. And I'm sure other people envy like my charm or charisma or ideas, but I envy that consistency in other people. And I envy their ability to like execute yeah. consistently the boring thing yeah. on time, yeah. on schedule, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned the Instagram thing, um, because remember, like when we started, when you and I mm -hmm. started, like I started, I started, uh, I think in 2013 ish, where I transitioned as a as a uh, an assistant to a, to a paid coach or 14 or something like that, and like it, it actually meant something to have like 10,000 followers on Instagram or mm -hmm. 20,000. I mean, I think I had like 26,000 followers on Instagram when I cracked my first million. Nowadays my freaking cousin has 20,000 followers on Instagram. And all he does is he he knocks out a couple of reels of him riding a motorcycle. Shout out to, I forgot his, but I forgot his, his freaking uh, profile name, but like 
back then it actually meant something. And also it was actually really freaking hard to get to 10, 20,000, let alone a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. And, um, what we're doing now, it's just knock out a reel a day, which is like 15 to 30 second video and uh, be funny, be cool, experiment around, have a good time. And then you can also, when you're advanced, you can do paid shout outs uh, where you basically pay a bigger um, a bigger uh, uh, account to feature you. And that's really it. And then next thing you know, within a couple of months, you hit 100K followers. And plus, it's not just that we have all these random ass followers, but we're also making consistent money from it. And it, in fact, now rivals um, our VSL, like our actual ad, Facebook and YouTube ad campaign to VSL, the Instagram rivals that. And it's just a very simple system is like knock out one to two videos a day, 15 to 30 seconds each. Uh, I shoot all of these in bulk. So the ones that we're re shooting now, the, the ones that we're releasing now, we shot like two months ago. I can't remember that. I, I shoot this all in one day, just different shirts, different watches. I always have the same haircut. If you really look closely, uh, same haircut, same beard. Um, and that's it. And then, you know, people DM us. And then, you know, from there, we try to help them as much as we can. And then a lot of them buy, end up buying our high ticket program. And it's really easy. And and um, back in the days, though, man, we grinded this out. I mean, Instagram didn't even have freaking video function yet. There was no stories either. Instagram was four yeah. by four pictures. That's all you could do, man. <laughs> Crazy, dude. What do you think about the change between? Uh, I think you might have talked about to Jeff. Is this with? The, uh, I think you might have talked to Jeff about this as well. What do you think about the change of like how the amount of followers that you have doesn't matter, and like you can't necessarily always reach your subscriber list with the followers. Now it's like if the content is good for the algorithm, you are now blessed by the algorithm God, and you yeah. are like a favorited yeah. a favorited channel, and now your stuff will always get seen. Versus like you could have the same content, have a bunch of subscribers. Like I know people that have a million subscribers and get like 10k views per video. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, this whole, all these systems, like the subscriber system, the hashtag system, the YouTube SEO system, none of this really matters anymore because all that's been taken over by the algorithms. They're much mm -hmm. more sophisticated than that, right? So back in the days, we would, you know, build an audience and then, because YouTube was just like Stone Age version of what it is now, right? Mm -hmm. It was very blunt. It was very simplified. It was like, here's your subscribers. Oh, you upload a new video. Let's show this video on the homepage to your subscribers, right? And then it started doing algorithms. So it's like, hey, but, you know, also now let's have a little bit of a curated experience that, you know, it shows your videos to some of your subscribers, but not all of them. And then based on that, you, we, aka the algorithm, is going to decide uh, which other of your subscribers are going to see this video and so on and so forth. And we're at a point right now where this whole idea of, like, subscribers, hashtags, SEO – doesn't matter anymore because YouTube is just like it's going to be looked at by this machine algorithm, almost like the Matrix machines. And then mm -hmm. the machine says, "Okay, send it out to 100 people. Got it. Now we know the impression. It's good. Send it out to a thousand more. Still good impression. Send it out to ten thousand. Still good impression. Yeah. Great. Now send it out to a hundred thousand. Oh, impression is now bad. Cut it. Done. Like, and it's just doing this in Explore page, and it just and it's just the algorithm knows the the psychological profile of people that could potentially like your video, completely disregarding the fact who subscribed to whom. All that is just like residuals that are still there. Oh, yeah, the subscribers think it's still there. And that is that has 
an advantage and a disadvantage. And it's the same on Instagram too, on a side note. When you're posting a reel, sure, some of your followers are going to see it. But if it's great, it's going to be put into the Explore page and like a million people that have never heard of you before are all of a sudden going to see your content. And that has right. an advantage and a disadvantage. It has an advantage because it means you can be absolutely nobody. You can be complete nobody with like your first reel that you've ever shot in the world. It's like one your, your own the only piece of content that you have on your Instagram. And all of a sudden, you're seen by hundreds of thousands, if not even millions of people, if we do the right thing. So it has now lowered the barrier of entry even more. It was already pretty low when we started. You could just make content, and if you're consistent enough for a year or months, people could find you. Now the barrier of entry is like you make one piece of content, and it's the right thing at the right time, like you said, in terms of opportunity. People can see it. The disadvantage now call you don't even need to call it a disadvantage is if you're resting on your laurels and you're getting entitled as an existing person with an existing audience an existing brand and you're like well i have a hundred thousand subscribers i'm just gonna make content for my subscribers whatever you can still tank just like you said there's people with a million followers a million subscribers that get ten thousand views because the algorithm is like i don't give a damn how many followers or subscribers you have. If your content is good, I'm going to show it to subscribers and more. And if it's not good, I'm not even going to show it to your own subscribers anymore. So yeah. it basically wants you, it, 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 the algorithm basically pushes any sort of content creator into a corner saying, you either make original and good, high quality content or you're out, motherfucker. We don't need you. We don't care how many subscribers you've had 10 years ago and you've built it over whatever time. You make good content, the algorithm shall bless you. You shall be blessed by the all-knowing, oh, the all-knowing algorithm. We are under we are under your thumb, oh, algorithm. Or you don't do that, and you're basically fucked. You're irrelevant, and the algorithm shall ignore you forever and everybody else. So it's like we really are at the mercy of this entity. And it's mm -hmm. crazy. It's like it's like almost the algorithms are 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 literally predicting what we're going to do. They're dictating our feelings, our emotions, our actions, what we love, what we hate, what we should see, what we not see. That's an all-powerful entity. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying this is good. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying this is what it is. And you either play along and you win or you ignore it and you are ignored. Yeah. Either way is fine. To add to that, it's like I've noticed it's kind of have like you're either a favorited channel or you're not a favorited channel. Like, yeah, I've noticed people have content and the content is really good and nothing happens. And then they blow up one day over a stupid video. And it's like not even that video that they create is that amazing. It's just like, yeah. the algorithm is like, OK, it's your turn now. And what it does is I notice it floods you with a whole bunch of like followers right away. So, for example, me last month, I got like 8000 followers, I think, organically. Right. And it's just nice. like. Oh, okay. Here's a little stupid. It was it was crazy. It was a little video I shot on the street. The audio was bad. The video quality was bad. There was like a light behind me. The the captions changed in different fonts in the middle of it. I threw it up and it had like 400k views. And like all of a sudden, the algorithm started to feed me the right people, right? But then I noticed the algorithm will do something too. They'll give you a little bit of luck. Then they'll take it away and they'll see what you do for the next two to three months. And they want to see, I think, like if you're consistent for the next two to three months, and then you they don't give you another like wave or tsunami of traffic, they'd like try again. That's what I've noticed is happening. I've been studying how people have been blowing up, and it yeah. seems kind of like that flat, 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 nothing, big medium wave, nothing, 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 nothing again for two to three months. 
huge weight and then they're like bigger than ever before yeah it's yeah. a trend you know like it's all it's like as long as you're the trusted youtuber the trusted tiktoker the trusted instagrammer then you then you've had it i actually heard owen owen actually heard that a year ago from like uh graham stefan who he's hanging out with a lot but i didn't understand what that meant until like literally four four months ago i was like oh that's how this works now that's how this is going so that's yeah. finally like clicked in and I'm you know trying to do better with that. So it's been a shift for me. I'll tell you psychologically, like that was like a technical thing, but psychologically, it's been a shift for me as a guy who's now in his 40s to be like, oh, I'm a content creator now. Like that's been weird. <laughs> a psychological shift from like coach to I make content. Like yeah, people yeah. ask, like, people say, Oh, so you're traveling, what do you do? It's like, oh, you know, I'm a coach. I do, I do webinar, I do seminars and I sell digital programs. Best way to explain it. Now I go, people say, what do you do? I go, I'm a content creator. And I say, it and I don't really believe it. As I'm saying, it's so <laughs> weird to hear it like come out of my own mouth. I'm a content creator. Cause I'm still in my mind trying to figure out like what that exactly means. It means like, basically it means like, I, I play the algorithm. That's what, that's what it means. Yeah. I, and it's like coaching has to be like a priority, but for the sake of the algorithm, it's like a secondary priority. Cause like you yeah, said, it's like, crazy. it's not a searching thing anymore. Like how to do this, how to do that why to do that when to do this it's like people aren't searching for that anymore it's like this sucks here's why the end yeah. of marvel why marvel yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucks. like or you know dc is is finished star wars is garbage and it's like that's what they're clicking on they're not clicking on like how to necessarily exactly. it's funny yeah. because because it, it gets it, it like you have to be more and more provocative to to mm. to kind of to kind of jump out of all the noise to stand out from the noise, you just have to be more and more provocative. And that's been a shift, right? You also also have to realize is like that the emergence of provocative hooks is also just the end result of whatever had been going on before with like clickbaity thumbnails. If you remember the red circle and red arrow in the thumbnails, like that was like 2014, 15, like the thing. You were doing it back then. You were doing it back then. We didn't understand. I was like, what's this circle thing? It's like he's ruined it's like <laughs> <laughs> the picture looks garbage. Put a big circle on. He's ruined the next photo. What is he doing? Yeah. And then out of that was this whole, you know, this whole like Andrew Tate style is just like just say something really outrageous. Like, like you know, some of my most popular videos are like coffee is for broke people, walking is for broke people. You know, next thing you know, I'm gonna have like breathing is for broke people. Just like be like the most obnoxious, <laughs> just attack yeah. something that everybody yeah. does. And what. I'd be curious is like, what's the next thing? Like, cause people are going to get desensitized to that, right. to the extreme weird snippets. And then I'm wondering like, what's next? What's after this? Like, what is the thing that yeah. people are not going to be desensitized to that? So I'd be super curious, idea. but I have an idea about that. Yeah. I, I, I've been watching it. This is kind of like not to go too deep into it, but uh, I've been seeing a lot of channels that do like, like 15 to 20 minute documentary style videos blowing up. Mm -hmm. They'll have like only five or six videos. And then like, 100 views 500 views 5k 10k a million and it's like yeah, you know, yeah. Like, uh, the evolution of kanye west like a little like bio clip video for 15 minutes 20 minutes those will blow up or like why why mcdonald's is so popular something like that uh yeah. about subjects and those like little documentary style like lots of b-roll lots of like investigative yes. footage reading articles yes. those are doing good yeah those are really blowing up that, that's a very good point that you're bringing this up. This is kind of like also the style that we've been doing on our new YouTube channel, like the one that I've launched uh, earlier this year where we're basically doing this like travel with me documentary style kind of thing. I like those. I've, I've, I have since started 
mixing in these talking head videos again that you and I used to shoot all the time because I also feel like they're re-emerging. You just have to be ultra, ultra tight with them. I mean, you and I back in the days in 2015, 15, 16, 14, 15, 16, it was literally just like, here's a two-hour video of me talking to the camera, right? And people would suck it up. They would love it. Nowadays, you have to be really smart about it. You're like, okay, it's the same type of content, but I got to be ultra tight in the first 30 to 60 seconds. I got to have yeah. B-roll. I got to have sound effects just to really tend to this like um, dopamine spiking. And funny enough, since we're talking about this already, like there was a small period of time where I wasn't doing that. That was just when I started with Freedom Business Mentoring and the business content. It was like 2019-ish, 2018, 19, 2021, where you could still, quote unquote, get away with non-dopamine spiky content because, because the dopamine spiky thing was only for people that were like 16, 17, 18. They just couldn't handle it. And everybody above that, they were still totally fine. They weren't ruined yet by freaking short form gratification content. And now, even if you're targeting people that are 35, 36 plus, you know, people like you and I were so damaged now also just from all these like memes and the, the quick 10 second pace changes of the reels and the stories that even for those people. You have to have the dopamine spiky, quick cut emojis, freaking sound effects type of content. It's getting really freaking bad. But then at the yeah. same time, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. I even push, push it further and say, win the game. Like you can hate the game and win it at the same time. You can hate it and play uh, it and win it all at the same time, you know? Yeah. That's, that feels like dating, which we'll talk about probably soon in a bit as well. Yeah. Winning the game and hating at the same time. Uh, I want to ask you, about, what do you think about like this really long form content though? Like I won't say a podcast, the people that do like two hour videos or three hour live streams, I've been seeing those blow up as well. Now they're not like very dopamine spiking. They're not like a lot of action, but I think what happens is that video just gets so much watch time that yeah. the algorithm maybe eventually just says, Oh, there's watch time. Let's, let's, let's promote him. Um, yeah. I've been seeing, I've been seeing people do like three to four hour live streams. It's just like nothing. They're like reading super chats and they're like reading like news articles and like taking a question <laughs> every now, arg arguing with people in the comments, but yet these channels seem to be doing okay because of the watch time. What do you think about that? I mean, yeah, like you said it yourself, like YouTube wants you to stay on the platform. So meaning if you have the quote unquote cojones, the balls to actually go out and say, fuck it, I'll, I'm going to make a two hour, three hour, four hour live stream or just a super long kind of episode of something. YouTube still says, hey, this might not get you as many clicks as a quick clickbaity 30-second uh, YouTube short, but at the same time, we love you for the fact that if you're engaging enough, you get you keep people on our platform for hours, watch mm -hmm. time, hell yeah, let's freaking go. But at the same time, these are usually not content pieces that blow up and be sent to new people. These are usually right. content pieces that tend to your existing audience, kind of what you and I used to do back in the days. So because, and this has less to do with, oh, does the algorithm show it to your existing subscribers or not? It is more to do just psychologically on the human side. Like who even is interested in watching a two to four hour video of someone they don't know, right? That, it's almost like, good. you know, it's almost like dating advice kind of thing is like the, the, 
the chance that you're talking to a girl that you just talked to in like a coffee shop and you're having a four hour conversation is really low because she doesn't know you yet. But if you have been on multiple dates with a girl and you say, hey, come have coffee with me and you guys end up uh, talking, chatting for three, four hours, that's much more likely. And that's exactly the same with, you know, longer live streams. Now, if I have an existing audience and I say, hey, folks, you know me, I'm the fitness coach, uh, you know, all my stuff about hormones and, and science and all that. Over the next three hours, we're going to go super deep down the rabbit hole. I'm going to be sharing with you everything you need to know about nutrition. Now your existing audience will be like, hell yeah, this is all the content I've ever wished for. Let's freaking go. I'm in it for it right here, buddy. But someone new might get hooked in by a good title, a snappy thumbnail. You know, maybe they don't mm -hmm. see your ugly face, but you have a pretty girl sitting next to you. Like, okay, that's cool. I'll click on that. And then they're like, oh, oh, it's three hours. Uh, you know, and then maybe they watch five minutes and like that's great, and then they fuck off. But at the same time, YouTube is like, that's still great. So it does work. And um, I, I, I always put it this way, and this is also something that I teach my clients. If you're new to the game meaning new to YouTube, new to Instagram, or new to both, whatever it is. Go build something and build it in a way so you attract new people. I would only make content just for new people, just to be young, fresh, cool, interesting, anything that attracts new eyeballs onto you. And then as you're progressing and as your core audience grows, you can more and more give them the actual content that you want to do and the actual content that they actually need. And this is something that goes way back to the, the, the dating advice times. I mean, you may, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum way back in the days as well. I would always have two types of content, roughly speaking. One is the clickbaity, new and fancy content that I would do back in the days for my dating brand. Things like what to do if she has a boyfriend or, you know, mm -hmm. like how to talk to a girl if you're shy. Like all these like very surface level newbie topics, because that's what the average new guy who doesn't know my face, who doesn't know me is going to be more likely to click on. So I would call this the clickbaity titles, right? The stuff that reels people in. And then I would have the second type of content, and that's the real content, the content where I have my heart and soul behind it. I mean, not that I wouldn't give a shit about the the, the clickbaity content either. I, I would still like that. I would still put all my energy in it. But at the same time, I'm like, look, I'm going to drop a four-hour speech of mine recorded at some freaking free seminar that I did in London. Here you go. We're going super deep. It's not just about what to say when she has a boyfriend. It's like how to change your life, how to become the best version of yourself, like crazy freaking content. I mean, you've had tons of videos like that as well. And that would never go viral. It, it doesn't matter because it wasn't made to attract anyone new. It's made to take all the people whose eyeballs I have freshly just gathered and say, all right, folks, you came here for the cool free shit. Now let me drop the real stuff. Yeah. Let's go. And then these people, they're like, I just clicked on a video on how to get a girlfriend. And now fucking next thing I know, I'm four hours deep with this random guy. I just clicked on. Holy shit. And after these four hours, they turn from someone that was interested in you into a yeah. fan, a diehard yeah. fan. And that's how you could really induce some real cool change. And you could actually build a relationship, you know, even though you've never you, you probably you never meet most of these people in real life, but you're building a relationship where they say things like, and you've you've had this many times as well, where people just see you on the street or they meet you at the airport and they're like, oh my God, you're my bro. I feel like you're my big bro. I feel like I've been knowing you forever. And it's just someone that's just been, you know, very one-sidedly watching your content and you don't even know who they are, but for them, it's it's like they know you. And that's really, really powerful. But you gotta first have this like, 
tending to the algorithm you first have to be a little bit of a of a of a, of a at the mercy of the algorithm first to even get these new eyeballs and then you can go deeper and crazier as you get more people onto your account yeah how how are you doing that on instagram right now cuz i know it's, it's easier to go deeper with a longer video on youtube uh instagram does do longer content i think you can do like a 10 minute video on instagram uh yeah. i have really experimented with that i think that could be interesting it could be a cool idea like have a little short reels but then also have like a longer 10 minute video or have a live um an instagram live that's yeah. longer to get people in i think that could be an interesting way to like convert people from like just people who don't know you or people who know you casually to people who know who know you a little deeper what are you 100 percent 100 percent. well there's multiple things that we do on instagram so first of all the reels are almost i would say like 80 percent of the reels are just there to go viral, to meet new, to attract new people, to go on the Explorer page. There's around roughly 20 to 30% of the reels where we say, okay, we knock these out for people that are already following us. That's just real content. Kind of like things from like the podcast. From this mm -hmm. podcast now, we'll probably cut a couple reels out. Some of them are going to be like, Madison talking about how he almost worked with the Tate brothers, right? Like that's going to be right. like, oh, clickbaity stuff, right? But then mm -hmm. there's also going to be certain reels that are going to be cut out of this where we're going deep on certain aspects. Like, you know, earlier we talked about social dynamics already a little bit. You've talked about like this opportunity thing, like how important opportunity is and how important it is to, to be there for yourself and all that jazz. So kind of 70-30 on that. 70% new and clickbaity and fresh stuff. 30% is just there to to teach your existing audience. Now, that's, that's on the real side of things. And the other thing that we're doing a lot is actually DMs. Like that is uh, where we're building a uh, yeah. lot of the relationships because this whole, this whole funnel and VSL free training video stuff that, that blew up in like 2014, 15, 16, 17. I mean, you've, you and I have both profited from that at nauseam. Like I made my first million with like funnel VSL click here by people are kind they're kind of tired of that. Not, not that it doesn't work. It still absolutely freaking works. I mean, we're making over two, three millions just with a VSL per year. And that's just like add VSL, book a call, right? But um, at the same time, you see this reemergence of DMing where people say like, listen, man, I don't have time to watch some free video. I know this free video stuff is just going to sell me something. I want to DM you. And also there, you got to be really good in the DMs. You can't just be like, hey, what's up? Hey, yeah, here, click the link. You actually have a real freaking conversation with people. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, man, where are you from? Oh, sick. You're from Canada. No way. It's Montreal, one of my favorite cities. Like, and like, you can't have these prefabricated copy paste bullshit. Keep people know that they're not dumb. They can so, yeah, yeah, we do a lot of in the DMs. And guess what? And the cool thing is, too, in the DMs, we often send them videos, too. Like, a lot of times people come to us very anew. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, I just saw you from some viral video or some shout outs. They know nothing about what I do. So we actually have a conversation and then we're like, hey, listen, man, I have a quick video. It's like three, four or five minutes that shows you, you know, what I do, how I teach my clients, how they got how those folks are making money. If you want to, I could send you that video. And then people say, hell yeah, I'll send it over. And then we send them the video and that then further warms them up. So that's what we do a lot as well. Then, of course, mm -hmm. you have things like like you said, like um, live streams where you go a little bit deeper. I still love live streams. It's still massively underrated because um Instagram pushes notifications when you go live to most people. Like by default, the notification of, hey, so-and-so is going live is turned on for most people. So when you do go live, I every time, and you, you'll see this too, every time I do go live, there's people who are like, holy shit, Max, like I, I forgot that I followed you or 
or, or something right. like I haven't seen anything of you in like two years because this is the first notification that got pushed to them. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is stories also. Um, here's the thing. And, and I've talked about this in, a, in, a, in an older concept like a couple of years ago. Um, whenever something is not curated by the feed where people need to make a conscious decision to click, their buy-in is always higher. That's why oftentimes when people come to us and they say, hey, I've watched the podcast, they almost always become our client right away because for a podcast, it's a conscious decision. Nobody's going to watch this podcast because it appears on some fucking algorithm, on some feed, right? No, it's like the way you consume a podcast is like, hey, I want to watch the Max Torno podcast. Hmm, let me go on Spotify, type in Max Torno, right? So it's a very, very conscious decision that people are making to hop on a podcast. And it's kind of similar on a micro scale with the stories because it's not like you open Instagram and it plays stories. That's not how it works. There's no feed for the stories. What you do is you see all the stories up above here and then, you know, you see the thumbnail and they're like, oh, cool. My friend Stefan made a story. Let me click on it. So by the time I click on it, I just made a conscious decision. Right. So meaning everybody that watches your stories is already much more bought in than someone that just watches a reel that pops up on the algorithm because they made a conscious decision to do that. So mm. what I do a lot in the stories is, I'm sure I promote a lot. I do a lot of call to actions. I do daily call to actions on the Max Torno Instagram simply because we're getting like sometimes a thousand new followers per day. So I know right. there's only a very small window of like, okay, I got their attention right now. They're not fans yet. They literally just followed me today. If I don't have a call to action on Instagram right now, where they where I still have their attention, they might never they might never convert, right? So I do call to actions all the time. Hey, free ebook, DM me, and it's always valuable. It's not like I'm asking for something; I'm actually giving. But at the same time, what I'm doing in the stories, I'm kind of showing the behind the scenes. On the stories, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm in freaking Cyprus now. I'm in a beautiful villa, right? It's like look at the cool lifestyle. But also, hey, look at me working. Look at me talking to my clients. Look at me having steak. I'm I'm kind of showing like my personality a lot more. Because mm -hmm. you know, people see people who watch my stories, they for example know, hey, Max Torno, he has this crazy steak addiction where he eats steak every day in the morning. Uh, or, you know, things like, oh, Max Torno loves StarCraft or he's a nerdy guy who likes metal. Like that's only something that people in my stories know, because that's where I'm kind of like much more myself. Does right. It's sense? not on your wall necessarily. Not really where you're posting yeah. on your feed. It's like your story is more. And that's where you post it. And yeah, I, it's really interesting the way you say that, like the CTAs and the bots, not the bot, but the DM messages. Like I had I had yeah. heard. That's uh yeah a lot of the uh, most share I heard yeah it's the guy I can't remember the guy's name the uh chief marketing officer for YouTube now he's always podcast he's always saying like people think of Instagram as like a share feed a share program no a feed program but really it's like a program people share in the application messages the DMs like most he says the majority of shares of a video go in the DMs and that's where it happens so like the fact that you're saying like yeah, you'll have a video in your DM that'll be good. You'll like it and you'll also forward it to your buddy, but yo, check it out in his DM if you think it's like appealing to them. So like all the shares really happen like in the DM. It's like the shares aren't really happening like anywhere else. That makes a lot of sense to like, have those conversations and like, yeah, like you said, you get a thousand followers a day. I get like one or 200 new followers on Instagram daily. And I've been trying to make the habit of like sending them an individual DM like, hey, thanks for following me. Um, yeah. I just want to sit here to answer any questions you have. Let me know what you what you're looking for. And uh, I've been trying to do that. I totally fall off on it. That's like the consistency part, right? I got to do that daily. It's the most tedious thing to sit there for 30 minutes and like copy paste or like press send, say hi, respond. Yeah. So tedious to do it. Um, but I heard it's really amazing. Like, for example, that guy, 
that does fitness knees over toes guy. Yeah, I, love I, that think, guy. I think that guy's a million followers. He's DM me like twice. He's like liked my stuff twice. And he's I saw him on the Joe Rogan podcast saying he'll sit there for like three to four hours a day, like <laughs> commenting on people's stuff and liking their stuff. And like the profile, the platform sees he has real engagement. And then they boost him even more because he has those real authentic DMs. He has like, also, I heard that people that have live DM conversations with you, they will see your story more. So if you have yeah, like a conversation absolutely. with somebody like yesterday or day before, when you post a story, they're, your story is promoted about other stories to them. So I think that's the benefit yeah. of it as well. So when you do that call to action in your story, it's like, oh, yeah, I was just talking yesterday. Sure, why not? Why not? Exactly, exactly. Going on. So you, literally see, you literally see that like you, you have, have a dm conversation with someone and it's just like one or two replies back and forth you'll instantly see like their stories are going to be like at the very top left on your feed yeah it's it just instantly pushes that um, but it has to be a real conversation it's not just like one of you sending someone else a dm like the moment you have a back and forth like a ping pong boom it's like the highest priority for the algorithm and uh yeah man but by the way dude yeah. You said you're in your 40s? Damn, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look where you were saying, like, yeah, back in 2015 when we used to travel, think about how long ago that was. Like, there's a three-year gap that nobody remembers. When yeah, yeah. 2015, like, I lent you a jacket suit. That was, like, seven years ago. Right? Fuck. So, what? It was longer. <laughs> I, I think it must have been. It's almost 10 years ago. I think. I can't remember if it was 2000. It might even have been earlier, man. But you're nah. right, man. I mean, dude, you, you're yeah. almost aging backwards, man. You're almost looking younger than before. Yeah, I, know. I don't know. Black don't crack. I, I don't know what it is, man. It definitely, <laughs> it's definitely not the stress. It's definitely not the stress. The stress is there. So I don't know how I'm aging backwards. I don't yeah, you look great, man. You look freaking great. I got to say, although your camera died, I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's it. Now he did age. He aged everything at once. <laughs> he aged within a second. He's literally gone. There you go. Uh, yeah, and I can't hear you. You're not muted, but I can't. Okay, he's recording on the phone. All right, that's good. Uh, you know it's funny. Just from just for, for the people who are watching this, Madison looks like a DJ right now. To, <laughs> what is? Nice. Oh, there we go. Now I can hear you. You're you're looking I, like I, you're I, pressing a bunch of DJ buttons and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big DJ. You ever yeah. notice how everyone's a DJ now? It's like a complete lie, but every girl is like, "I'm a DJ." It's like, "How are you a DJ?" Oh, you have a rich man supporting your dreams while you pursue DJing and make no money, but you're a DJ now. <laughs> I get it. It's like it's like when a woman says to me she's a DJ, it's like when she says she's a mermaid. Like, think about how crazy this is. Like, I actually go on Instagram profile sometimes, or I'll go on like Tinder or Bumble, and they're like, a woman like to say, "I'm a mermaid," and I'm like, "Okay," and then I, I logically like process this. I'm like but you don't have scales or fins or flippers, right? She's like, but I'm a mermaid. But she can live in like that state of delusion and like men support it, people support it. And we're like, yes, you're 30 years old and you are a mermaid. You are an aquatic animal. Sure. It's like, I'm a witch. I'm a white, I'm a white witch. Some witches are black witches, but I'm a, like a white magic witch. I'm like, all right, man, this is where we live today. The world <laughs> we live today. The world That's 100% going to be a real. This one is a perfect <laughs> example of taken out of context, provocative statement. Yes. Go follow Madison. That's basically how it's going to be. If I tell people how I really feel about things, they'll be shocked. If I say what yeah. I, if I, how I really feel, the internet might not exist anymore. Hold on a second. <laughs> it just can implode. It just, I just will end. The end. If I say what I really think. All right. Uh, HD, mm. HD 4K or 60? I'll do HD 30. What, what do you say, uh, Primo Shark Tech guy? He's going to record now also on the phone. 
1080p, yeah. 24 frames per second. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as the image here. looks good, we're fine. All yeah, right. So cool. Cool. You can ignore the image here on the web camera. This is just me looking at you, but I have a better quality image here. Sounds okay. good, man. Sounds good. Hey, if you're still listening to this episode here, please do consider giving us five-star ratings. Um, This helps us tremendously. It helps us rank higher, drawing more people onto this great episode here. So please do so. I mean, give us whatever star rating you want, but I, I would really appreciate it if it was five stars. So let's go make th things happen. Whatever platform you're on, there's probably some sort of rating thing. And uh, thank you so much. Now, to let, let's, let's, let's dive super deep into the drama. The drama Madison. So you mentioned earlier that the the company that uh, we've both partnered up back in the in the dating time. So you you're in and out somehow. What what's going on there? Yeah, it's like um, how do I say this? I, I with it's really about power, right? It's like it's a brotherhood, but it's also about business. It's business first, brotherhood second. And I think the company kind of works where it's like it has this impression amongst the employees and most people that it's like brotherhood first, business second. But it's not the case. Um, and it's really all about business first. So when it's business first, it's this kind of weird dynamic where like the truth is some of these guys, I haven't seen them in three years. Like I haven't seen Julian face to face in three and a half to four years, like wow. physically in person in four years. I've seen Owen like once in the last two years. Right. Like physically Damn. in Canada. And I know you experienced that a little bit as well when you were like in Europe. Right. Like you're literally in another country doing something else by yourself. Also, when the pandemic happened, it was like total like didn't see these guys for three years a lot of time right so that i think creates a cognitive distance where it's out of sight out of mind even if you talk to somebody on zoom you have a facetime there's nothing that replicates being face to face and i think yeah. out of sight out of mind and it's like a very brotherhood community it, it takes a toll on the on the situations things get this prioritized things get forgotten um things like that you know so uh it's nobody's fault it's not like anybody's fault it's just the the situation of the dynamic it's like having a girlfriend that you like, you know, you go, you go on the vacation to, um, to Croatia or something, or to like Lisbon, Portugal, you meet some girls there and you forget to like text your girlfriend. You're like, ah, oh, mm. I should text my girlfriend. She likes it when I call her like around dinner time, but you forget like six o'clock mm. kind of for days and you're supposed to text your girlfriend and you don't do it. And you're like, ah, oh, I should do it. And it's mm. like your, your girlfriend's mad. And you're like, yeah, I know. Like, you have a right to be mad. It's like that kind of a thing kind of just perpetuates and perpetuates and kind of goes on. So it makes the, it makes the logistics of the relationship very challenging. And um, I think that's, that's definitely, that's definitely an issue. Um, mm. As now that we work more remotely as the world works more remotely now than ever. And as we are like doing less and less seminars than, than before um, it's a challenge. Like before me, and you, we would do like 30 seminars a year. Something like yeah, that. Like even more. Times. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I remember, I remember my top year, I did 35 seminars like in a year, right? Now I do five. Mm. So I'm not really like on the road. I'm on the road doing private coaching, but I'm not on the road doing like seminars as much. So there's not really a reason for me to like fly down to New York and collaborate, shoot a video with somebody. No reason for me to like go to Miami, collaborate. You know what I mean? So that definitely plays like a role in the dynamic. And, um, I think uh, it's it's a challenge for me to 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 operate in that situation. So I'm just trying to do the best that I can with it, you know, constantly just like see where we are, see what we can do, um, see how to adjust things. And again, also it's also it's also because you know now it's like again it's like more live streams, more zooms. It's like that has come to become the way to coach as well. So all yeah. this like a physical distance with people. Um, and it's I, get, I hear you. 
I, I hear you, but how come how come you guys don't do as many seminars anymore? I see Julian still touring. He still no, does he seminars. No, he does. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I think Julian does like four to like maybe eight a year. But he just goes mm. on stage, and then what he does is, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you say that you told me, like when you do your reels, he, he goes in the back, he changes clothes, and he comes back. Oh, and goes, okay. So he changes clothes like three or four times a day over like a weekend, and then it looks like he has like different seminar clips for like three to four months, mm. which is like one seminar. So I think he does like I think he does like uh, four or five like like actual like free tours in America a year, not very okay. many, and like, like like four or five in Europe, like not very many. Me, it's even but less- how come? I mean, how come? Because for us, I remember like when I was still on board, that was basically like one of our main sources of income um, yeah. and also main source of content. And so how come you guys don't do that anymore? Yeah, it's still a main, it's still a big source of content, but we don't, um, how do I say it? Like, it's still a main source, a big source of income. Like, like we'll do, you know, like if there's a, a three day free tour in New York, I mean, we'll do close to like a hundred K in sales or something like that. Right. Like we'll, we'll still do that. But I think, it's the culture of going out. People have changed. Like people don't go out to clubs anymore. I don't know if it's the same in Europe, but like people don't go out. They don't like want to work on social skills. Like I have a buddy of mine who teaches uh, dating as well. And he says, people these days don't actually want to be good at dating. They just want to come to my city where I have all the clubs, the bottles, the setup with the, the boat. They want to come experience what that's like for a week, pretend that they, that is their life, convince mm-hmm. themselves that it is, then go back home and say that they've tried it. Mm. But the act of like going out to learn social skills has dramatically changed. Like I'll tell you something, bro. I had a kid on program uh, the other day. He was 21 years old, right? And we're we're in on boot camp, and we're like we're talking about you know that situation when you go to the club and you buy a girl a drink, and she kind of like takes a drink and she runs off. And he's like, "What do you mean?" And we're like, <laughs> "You know, you buy a girl a drink." Then, then we say to him, "You know, like situation like you're 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 in a club, a reggae song comes on, and maybe like you're talking to a girl, you try to slide up behind her." you kind of try to dance and grind but you don't have any rhythm and it's kind of weird he's like what do you mean <laughs> and I'm like bro haven't you ever like danced with a girl in a club or bought her a drink he goes no i graduated on zoom oh I was like oh, <laughs> I was like, oh. like it hit me like it hit Damn. me you know what I'm saying? like yeah i didn't actually understand it until the kid said it and i was like people actually don't interact in social places anymore like mm. I'd say like 30 to 50% less than they used to. So they're like, Damn. I'm up, I'm just gonna like do the video games. I'm just gonna um do the the going out of my own way, just do the the no fat, and that's my life now. And I'm not gonna get married and like I don't want to associate. But the problem, the challenge that is is that social skills are more valuable now than ever because if you have yeah. them, you can sell above the rest of the competition. If you yeah. have social skills, you can public speak, you can do sales, you can do remote work with social skills, you can manage a team. Anybody yeah. who was a president of a company or a country has some decent social skills, at least usually to like use the power to encourage people to follow them. You can start an online presence of social skills. So it's actually more important and more revered now than ever, but people don't see the need to like go out and like learn it as much. So it's very mm-hmm. strange. It's like the need is there, but like the market is like, why should I do it? Cause I've given up on myself. Yeah. So balance. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, something like this, this whole brotherhood thing. Uh, that's also kind of like something that I'm, I mean, to be fully honest and transparent with you, like one of the reason 
why I've reignited this podcast and invite people like you and Jeffy is because I want to get back in touch with all of you guys. I mean, we've always been kind of in touch ever since I kind of started doing my own thing. I left and built my own thing anyways. You and I and then Jeffy and I and Julie and I and everyone, we've always still been in touch. But at the same time, I'm like, one of the biggest strengths that we've had when we all were dating coaches and collaborating with the same company is like we were always feeding off each other, right? Like you would have a great video coming out and then you would feature one of us and then those people would meet us and then I would have a great video out and then I would have you on my on, on my YouTube and then those people would get to know you and so on and so forth. And I'm like, why can't we just keep doing this anyways? Like, even though, you know, I'm doing my own thing, you're still involved, you're kind of involved, right. Julian does something else, but he's also kind of involved in all that jazz. So I thought like, I want to give you guys still a, a huge platform. I still want to send people towards you because both you and Julian, but also, you know, Jeffy, Tyler and everyone, you guys are still absolutely fucking crushing it. Like, and, and like you said, like, People might not be super interested in social dynamics anymore because they're lazy and they're entitled. But nonetheless, the content itself is amazing. And I have to say, too, at this point, like one of the biggest catalysts for my own um, growth way back in 2009, 10, 11 was watching Tyler's videos like RSD Tyler. I watched his videos religiously. Like if you actually would read through my diary, it would literally like in 2009 and 10, it would literally say things like, you know, whatever, November 20th, 2010. I believe more and more in the words of Tyler watching all his videos to make more and more sense. I was so hooked on that. And then, of course, you know, I became part of of the content creation myself. I, would, I wouldn't I would just watch Tyler's videos or Julian's videos. I would actually be in them. <laughs> like I would actually be, holy shit. Like, and I, I, you know, I still remember like shooting video, my first video with Julian or my first video with Tyler. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm shooting a video with the guy that I used to watch. It's like, imagine like you're a guitarist and you're recording a record with ACDC, right? Like you've been listening to ACDC since you were a child, and all of a sudden you're on the freaking record. Mind blown. And what I've just recently started doing, I'm like, man, I haven't checked Tyler's content out in so long. So I started watching his YouTube again. And I'm like, you know, to be honest, to be fully honest, like he's getting way less views than what he used to. Of course, because the YouTube landscape changed quite a lot. People are getting lazy and so on and so forth. But mm -hmm. fuck, the content is so good, and i i have a I have a a suspicion that because his content is so high level, it's so far up there right now that the mm -hmm. mo most people can't even fucking resonate anymore. And back yes. in the days when Tyler used to do you know smaller things like you know like how to never run out of things to say, just like dating advice stuff. It would just reach much, much more people because it was still more relatable. And now Tyler is so far out because he's been through so much and his content is so fucking high level. There's just a tiny fraction of people that can still resonate to that. And me yeah. watching these videos, I'm like, holy shit. I've never seen anybody like this. I've never seen anybody create content like this. This is exactly the kind of stuff that I feed off of right now as an entrepreneur, as someone who's traveled the world, as as someone who's been through so much shit. And it's been in ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th exactly. Like I've yeah. experienced so many things and I've grown so much. So this is exactly the this level of stuff that I'm really, really into right now. So I've watched all his, his latest like four or five long form videos. They're all like an hour long. And I'm like, this is so fucking good. 
And uh, I want to give I want to give props to him here. And and you know you know what? To be honest, fully Madison, like I miss, I miss the good old times where we mm-hmm. all hung out and we just fucking ate at the steakhouse. Not, I mean, we were at the steakhouse. I was still a vegetarian back then, you know, but I would eat all the sides and like I'd have Julian next to me. I would have you next to me on the other side. That would be Jeffy, Tyler, Nick. Um, uh, uh, who, el- who else was there? Mikhail. Ozzy, Ozzy, Mikhail, the legend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mikhail has been on this podcast now twice. Mikhail, Mikhail Kuznetsov, uh, you folks can look him up. Like, even though, even though I'm making way more money than I than I did back then, even though I've experienced way more and kind of like uh, life is much more, it's easier. It's like I'm, I'm better at everything. I have way higher testosterone. I'm fitter. I'm looking better and all that. There's still part of me that is like, man, these were really fucking good times. Mm-hmm. Really fucking good. Times. Just us shooting the shit at the steakhouse. Get, being threatened to be kicked out because we're laughing so hard. I mean, remember how like so many times we would be like at 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 at, at like SL Steakhouse or whatever in Vegas, like the baller steakhouse in the at the Winho, and and that would be like like elderly couples, you know, for whom it was like a special occasion, and they're sitting there with their wine, and next to them our table, and we're just like fuck this, fuck that. You know, yeah. shit, pussy, you know, whatever, all these bad words, just throw it and just laugh. And, you know, of course, like Tyler with his, like, <laughs> his crazy, obnoxious laugh. Like, those are really, really great freaking times. Mm-hmm. And even though every one of us right now is crushing it so much, so hard on an individual level, I still think those times had so much beauty to them and so much brotherhood and so much love. Yeah. We weren't even aware of the the golden times we got to live back then. And yeah. and just to wrap this up, it's like to wrap this thought up, not the podcast. We're in the podcast. We're deep in the podcast. We're going long. Um, but just to wrap this thought up, like that is one of the reasons why I, I I'm like, I want to get everybody on this podcast, man. And that's also why I told you, Madison, I was like, what's your travel schedule like, man? Let's get together in fucking Europe because I'm no one that says, oh, the good old times, wah, 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 cry, cry, cry. I fucking love the times I live in right now because, like I said, everything is better. But at the same time, I also know let's bring back the crew together, man. Let's share bread. Let's have some fucking fun because I'm also not someone who says, oh, you can't bring back the the fucking good old times. You can't recapture a lightning in a bottle. You can't but you can reignite something else, something new or something awesome. I believe we can still all sit together on a fucking table and shoot the shit. We're all still fucking friends. And that's the beautiful thing. It's just like, we have a little bit less quote unquote obligation to hang out with each other because everyone kind of does their own own thing. And, you know, like you said, like you haven't seen anyone in real life in a while and so on and so forth. But at the same time, like I still believe we can absolutely all crush it and, uh, you know, have some steak together this time for real, this time, Max Torno eating steak as well. Um, so you know, I don't know if it's ever gonna happen, but like if if in a couple of years from now we're all hanging out in Hawaii or Honolulu, Kauai or LA or Vegas or whatever, and we're all just having a hell of a good fucking time, that would that would make me really, really fucking happy, man. Oh wow, okay. I will well, you said it on camera and uh I will pass the message along. I know people always said, like, oh, we, I have no problem doing it. Like people, when people say I have no problem doing that with Max, it's different than like actively making an effort to do it with Max. And I'm happy that you and Jeff were able to get together uh, in person. That was really special. Uh, yeah, I would have to have been there in person in Europe, but uh, my buddies were in Poland this last weekend uh, or last few months. I didn't have the chance to go because I had some things I was working on. 
um, and some family issues that I was uh, as challenges, but I wasn't able to go. But I definitely would like to see everybody get together. Like like that time, everybody goes to play play paintball, and it's like you like <laughs> with your with your literal army skills, like playing paintball, canisters, and nobody, everybody's like, "What? Oh, Max, you were in the military? Like you trained? And like here are these Americans, no military experience, trying to like, <laughs> like the fake AK forty seven for the first time, like you know, like stuff like that." Uh, really a lot, really a lot of fun. Like you know, go party, driving cars, all that stuff. And yeah. I think w- w- what you said is really important. Like it wasn't just fun times, but we didn't realize how good it was because that was that was the lifestyle before anybody even knew what the lifestyle was. Now we have people that are like Instagram influencers who like promote like the the freedom laptop lifestyle. But we were doing that before that was a thing. When I would go through way customers, before, I'd be like I work on my laptop. They'd be like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, I make money on my laptop. Like, I don't understand. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take pictures of the Eiffel Tower. Let me just, okay, now we'll let you through customs because we, we understand <laughs> what that is. You know what I mean? Like, I have to like make up some story that their brains could understand. But now everybody so works remotely and it makes more sense. Um, yeah. What was cool about it too is like, I think we, I, I think there's this expression I heard from my buddy the other day. He says that what's more valuable, a very attractive woman or a very cool guy? And it's, <laughs> easier to meet a very attractive woman and harder to meet like a very cool guy that you could hang out with so true it's so, so true. valuable because when you find them they like raise like your iq they like challenge you you know when you're you're slacking off they like you know they say to you things like what's wrong do you not like money yeah <laughs> slide well you know they say things like that or like uh they they, they introduce you to people give you new opportunities so it's it's harder to find a really cool guy that when you find a bunch of them which is what we were together in a little nucleus, a little like a little crew, everybody is close to that. It's literally like the Avengers assemble. And when you can yeah. create that in your life or you get that in your life, everything just excels exponentially and you never look back and never, nothing is ever the same again. It's just way better than it can ever be. And I think yeah. that's, that, that might be part of like what you missed. I know you have that like a couple of crews. I think you had like some sales guys you were working with before as well. Some guys that like, I don't know if you're still with them or not, but um, they, uh, they're like little crews that you, you created. But to have yeah. like an international like jet setting crew of like badass dudes, that's like so priceless. It's like you cannot replace that with anything. That's even worth more than money because if you hang out with those guys, your money will automatically increase exponentially as you challenge each other, introduce each other new things. You know, there's a little bit of competition, a little bit of friendly brotherly love as well there. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like positive things are there to put you in the right direction, the right path. 100%, man. 100%. And, you know, I mean, everybody's kind of built their own crew ever since then. You know, Julian has got a full-on family now. He's got, like, two kids. Um, and, and you know, for me, it's also, like, the the company that I've built here, like, all the A players that I've, that I've built, that I've brought up, all the raw diamonds that I've made in the A players. Like, it's still really, really awesome to hang out with my crew here. Like, for yeah. example, we're all meeting up in, in Cyprus or, um, you know, wherever the hell we are. I mean, just the other day, I was in... Um, I was in Vienna with my head of sales, Nico. I mean, this guy is closing freaking two, three million a year for us, helping out our clients, just being an absolute legend. And that's cool too. But like you said, like at the same time, it's different when they're kind of working for you. And and it's very different than when they're kind of doing something similar to you and you're in a friendly competition. But there's yeah. no there's no hierarchy between them. It's just like a bunch of guys that are giving each other shit. It's almost like literally like, like literal brothers, you know, you're teasing each other. You're, but you actually love and respect everyone and you're collaborating and all that. That's still really, really fucking valuable. And he has that, like, unless you're in a fraternity at like freaking Harvard or something, 
a regular person, a regular guy or girl for that matter, doesn't have that. And that's very, very valuable. So, you know, that's also why I said like, yo, let, 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 let's get together. Let's collab because nothing keeps us from still collaborating. It's almost like it, it's almost like the gorilla that has been in a cage for like decades. And then you open the cage door and the gorilla is still in the cage in his mind. That's kind of what we're thinking is, oh, we can't collaborate anymore because everybody does their own thing. And every, we're in different niches now. And we're like, so like. Why the fuck not? So when I told Jeffy, I'm like, hey, man, do you want to be in my podcast? Send me over your tour schedule. And he's like, here's my tour schedule. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. Oh, Berlin. Oh, cool. That's like a week before I got to be in somewhere. I can't even remember. I'll come to Berlin. We literally only flew to Berlin, got an Airbnb for like four days or something like that. Just to meet Jeff. Just wow. to meet fucking Jeff. And I yeah. did this, and we knocked out the podcast on the day one. Day two, he was busy. Day three, we went for a freaking Schweinsbraten in Berlin, some restaurant. And I and I met his girlfriend, and we just sh shot the shit, and it was fucking fun. Uh, it was really freaking amazing. And um, I tried to do the same with Julian. It just hasn't worked yet. But at the same time, I'm like, why can't we meet and be freaking best friends? And why? I mean, we're, we're messaging each other all the time. Just Julian sent me our favorite ABBA song just like two days ago, we have this like freaking song that we used to listen to on tour when we were both like broke. I mean, no, he was actually really rich back then, but I was an assistant. I was broke as hell. And he sent me this ABBA <laughs> song and he's like, he's like, it still brings me back to these times, man. Um, But at the right. same time, like I missed the whole uh, in-person kind of meetup thingy. Um, so yeah, man, it's going to happen. And, you know, I'm super freaking hyped to have you here on the pot, man. Cause uh, and it, and it's also funny on a side note, like I've had, I've had uh, you're the third podcast I have in like uh, eight or nine days, and with you, the, you're the only person where we started and it just instantly hit it off. Like you and I, we just instantly have this chemistry and we instantly started ranting and we're like an hour in now. There's been no boring parts. It's just like. <laughs> And that's really, really funny because usually with like I'm always flabbergasted when other people are not as charismatic, right? And then and then I just start <laughs> I rambling. I, you know, no, yeah, yeah. I always lo I love every single guest that I've had on the on the podcast, but like my Primoz who's filming and doing the the audio and everything, he has to text me. He's like, Max, let your guest talk. Like, shut up. And I'm like, but they're not as charismatic you know like i have so many things yeah. to say and like with you it's just like i just let you talk and you're just crushing it and it's very rare because you're one of the only people in the world that has this like top 0.1 percent charisma that it that is required to do what you're doing you know mm -hmm. yeah it's so funny man it's really it's really weird it's like the most strangest skill that i forget and it's like a skill that like you get and then you never lose it and they will come back in your life and help you at some point you forget you have it and you're like you don't realize it's weird you don't really you're like oh yeah it's weird now oh yeah it's weird like the amount of experiences we had yeah it's it's just been a lot of fun man like i think i think you said like be able to replicate those times with new crews is important by the way your guys your sales guy nico i think i'm actually going to be hanging out with him he knows some people that i know uh in south america i think i'm gonna be that's hanging right out he's gonna be like down here next week i think uh he knows a guy that I know named Rob and they all hang out. They do Finca parties. Yes. Uh, the new member, old Justin from the crew, Justin used to be like assist Owen, Justin Gonzalez. I think so. Oh yeah. Is it the guy with the crazy tattoo here? He's actually here right now. Literally. Oh, bring him in. <laughs> bring Justin, him here. <laughs> Justin, Justin, come say what's up. Come say what's up. You know, I just <laughs> bring him in, bring him in. <laughs> 
Justin, my man. Oh, you got a lot more hair, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. You look cool, man. Good setup. Looks thanks, sick. dude. Thanks. Yeah, we do have a good setup here. We're just chilling. It's it. This is actually a, an alien cocoon. It's not attached to anything. It just looks <laughs> like it. It just, it just, it's just it's alien crazy. that is making it float above. <laughs> sexual, it, sexual in the window. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what it replicates. You don't have to say it. So yeah, Justin's <laughs> here. I think Nico's going to be here next week, actually. Perfect. So he, you probably know Nico before, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So it's grinding, like, grinding. There's a, there's a Grind little, all day. little uh, a crew this side of the border. So if you come out, you'll, uh, you know, we got a good setup for you here as well. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Man, I might just, now hearing that you guys are already going to hang out with Nico and and Rob is, is a good friend of Nico and he's the closer or he was the closer of one of my clients. And uh, it's just like, oh, it's all a big family, man. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I was hanging out with Rob last night. I went to dinner with him last night, actually. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your crew is my crew. We're just ex we're just exchanging staff, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly how it is. <laughs> they're working for oh, both so people. True. Don't say anything about it. You know, they're, they're working for both people. Yeah. So the, I, I, the, all the same guys, I'm hanging around with them as well. Yeah, man. So it's like just got to get you down here. I got just got to get over there at some point, and like it's all good. Beautiful. I love, I love Prague. You're still there. I love Praha. Yeah, I love. <laughs> I don't even know. You speak. You speak better Czech than I do. Even though I was there for almost a year last year, so that's. I had, a check, I had a Czech girlfriend for a bit. For ah, a bit. Uh, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live there. I live there. I love man. Love Prague. My soul. My soul is in Prague. My my soul home. You know. Yeah. So what's what's your travel schedule like? Walk me through. So you're gonna stay in South America all winter, or what's going on? Um, I'm just doing this temporarily because I just wanted to get out of like North American Western culture bureaucracy and the Trudeau government. <laughs> Uh, like <laughs> yeah 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 all right pod podcasts will now be taxed and like all this like crazy stuff like stealing people's bitcoin and like i'm just like <laughs> man for a bit you know get out of like this like north like canadian north korean democracy like but anyways <laughs> so our dictatorship so i had to get out of there for a bit um i've been doing that i've been escaping i can tell everybody i'm a canadian refugee escaping the cold climate in the winter is uh coming to enjoy their celebrations their food and their women anywhere I go. So uh, <laughs> getting out of that, my travel schedule next, I got Plata, Carmen boot camp. I got boot camps in, I think a few in America, North America. I got Europe in uh, the winter. I don't love coming to Europe in winter, Scandinavia and stuff. It's pretty cold. Uh, but I know let's that, actually, this is it. Sorry. How do you, how do I see your tour? How do I see your tour days? Where do I go? Uh, Madison in person, M-A-D-I-S-O-N-I-N-P-R-S-O-N.com. So I do have a Scandinavia story. It's pretty cool. That's how I met Ariana Grande in the back of a hotel in wow. Scandinavia. Wait, okay. Well, go, go, walk me through it. Okay. How did you meet Ariana Grande at the back of a hotel? All right. So here, here's the story, okay? And nobody believes the story. It sounds so crazy. We're in, like, was it Sweden? No, we're in Oslo. Like, not even, like, the, like the, the weird places. We're in Oslo. It's, like, dead of January. It's, like, it's like a weird day. It's, like, a Thursday. Some strange day. I'm at the restaurant. I'm just like bored. You know, like it's cold. It's winter out. It's like minus 30 something degrees Celsius. I'm bored. I'm like, I'm going to go walk the back alleys of this hotel because there's nothing to do. Maybe I'll find a vending machine with some chips or some like Snickers bar, right? <laughs> I'm walking to these back, like, you know, like the conference rooms have like these long hallways by the conference rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking around there. And it's like the lights are half on, half on. And um, I'm just like my buddy Jesse. We decided to like swing by the restaurant, which is closed, the restaurant in the hotel. 
And we're just talking about waffles. We're just like shooting the shit because we came from Amsterdam recently and we love waffles. If anybody yeah. doesn't know what these are, the circular discs, like, um, I guess, waffles with caramel. And if you, yeah. we discovered recently that you can put a waffle on top of your cup of tea or your coffee and it starts to melt and it makes <laughs> it warm and hot. It's better than taking it in the microwave. So we discovered this and we literally, we like, this is crazy, right? We literally packed a suitcase, a carry-on suitcase that we bought just for waffles. It was like <laughs> 70, it was like 70 to 80 different like ones, I think. And then we, we even bought some for our friends and family. It's more than 70. It was like seven or eight packages of through waffles. And each package is like this. So we're like hype about this, man. Like the students are gone. We got through waffles. Like, like, and I just we just I just hear a voice, a small voice go, through waffles? I love through waffles. I'm like, who, who was who is this? Like out of the corner of my ear. And it's this girl, you know, and she's kind of like dressed in a sweatshirt. It's like old, it's like baggy. And she has her hair in a ponytail. And she has like tattoos on her hands and her neck. I was like, I'm not really paying attention to this girl. And she's like just going on. Like, she's like, oh, what I would do for a waffle, I would do anything for them right now. I love them so much. She's like, I would do anything to have one right now. I'm like, what's this girl going on about? Like, what is what is this? What is this? You know? And she's, she's like really just like in, involved in our conversation. She fully inserted herself in our conversation. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. And uh, we try to like walk away and she's still going. And she seems <laughs> friendly enough. And, you know, she kind of looks like, she kind of looks like a girl from like New York, not to be like, uh, um, not to say it's in a bad way, but she looked a little like like a little like Bronx, you know, like she was like not really made up. She's kind of like a little hood, like a little ghetto yeah. for a bit, you know. Like, and yeah. I was like, I was kind of like, all right, whatever, it's all good. And um, so we, we talked to her for like 10, 15 minutes. This goes on, and we go upstairs, and we're just like making some jokes. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you know who that girl looks like? I said, my assistant Jesse. I say that girl looks like the president of the Ariana Grande fan club. That's what she looks like. <laughs> Like she would love to one day be Ariana Grande, but she's not. You know, like she aspires to that one day if she's lucky. And and then we're just like laughing, like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, where is Ariana Grande right now? Anyway, so like I just go on Google and I Google it. And it's like Ariana Grande like tour concert sold out yesterday in, in like Sweden. I'm like, what? <laughs> and at this point, like Jesse starts freaking out. He's like, How did I not know it was her? Like I, there's two people I, I'm in love with, Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. Oh. How did I not know that my, I was like in a 15-minute set with my crush like of all time? It's because she, she didn't look like how she looks. She yeah. looks very without makeup. And to be honest, I think she was like airbrushing out her hand tattoos and her neck tattoos. If you remember, she had a very good girl image before. This is like before Pete Davidson and stuff. She had a very good girl image. And so I think her photographer would actually have to go in and Photoshop out the neck or arm tattoos or like or like they put makeup on it so mm -hmm. she looked totally different bro mm -hmm. you know what i mean like not done up just like whatever and so we're like all right well she likes us let's go back downstairs so we actually like opened up our suitcases strip waffles like went downstairs like hung out and kicked it you know what i mean because <laughs> we had strip waffles and like what are you gonna <laughs> do with like oslo like at like one in the morning <laughs> like like 11 to the 11 at night one in the morning like in the middle of nowhere in a fucking winter storm so we just kicked it with her she was mad cool and like you know i'll, I'll leave the story at that and it was very a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, the next day, like I remember her like seeing her like posting on Instagram, like she's like she's literally like upstairs and it's like posting on Instagram, like she's like, oh, like she's like, oh, I want to get out of the suite, this place. And then the next day we go downstairs, it's like seven black SUVs like at the front oh. door, hairstylist, like hairstylist. It was um like you know makeup person, wardrobe manager, and I, I think she just really enjoyed a moment to escape and just like be herself. She mm. didn't have to be 
the celebrity that she was in that moment with us. She was just like, was the girl, the girl who could have anything. She could have a Ferrari outside. She could have had a million, you know, whatever she wanted. All she wanted was some little stupid pastries from this bakery that we happen to have <laughs> in our suitcase. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I, 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 this has to go with, I guess, the lesson here, the moral of the story is when it comes to social skills, like celebrities love the ability to just be humans around you. They don't, that's the, that's a gift to them because they don't get yeah. that anywhere else. They don't get it with anyone. And it's so hard and rare for them to get that in public. So when they can have it, they're just like, they're so thankful for it. And they appreciate it so much. Yeah. Wow. That's the wow. story. I actually, I, I, I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm too old to really uh, understand who's, who's cool right now and who's hot and, But but every time I see something of Ariana Grande, I'm like, holy shit, she's beautiful. Yes. At least, you know, I mean, of course, right, made up and all that on stage. I mean, on stage, almost everybody looks beautiful, but she's exactly kind of my type. I have mm -hmm. two types, and you and I, I remember, we have similar types. I have two types. Uh, one 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 is the is the pretty tall, blonde, slender, blue eye, long blonde straight hair and that's 100% my girlfriend we've been mm. you you met her many times we were still together and the other one is this kind of like petite brunette kind of girl and that's kind of where ariana grande falls in right i see yeah yeah and yep, everything in between we have we have accidentally dated some of the, the same person at one time uh not at the same time but we've accidentally dated the same person uh i remember before that happened once but uh Yeah, yeah, like I remember too. I think, yeah, I think, yeah. I think I know which one who you mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I don't even. I just remember it happened. I don't remember who this was though. But I remember that it happened. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's like that's my type. Ariana Grande is definitely a type. But it was really interesting because I didn't, I didn't recognize. I, I didn't like. I didn't have the in-person physiological response I thought I would have. Does that make mm. sense? Like, mm. So many in video versus when you see them in person, it's like sometimes there's chemistry. And it's a different kind of chemistry than you want. Sometimes it's yeah. friendly romantic i didn't have like that like like savage like lustful attraction in person i was like oh she's like really nice it was like it was like that for me like oh she's really nice she's like really yeah. cool like, oh she's like, i mean really that's I, i mean that's what what things like on a micro level things like makeup hair outfit and on a macro level things like brand stage show yeah. do is like they turn a fucking regular person into a star like a little yeah. little proverbial star so and then you know like all we know the only context we see that person in unless we meet them in person is through the star thing we see them on stage we see them on a show we see them on the letterman show we see them you know just being somewhere high up and looking great and being beautiful but then we meet someone without any of the stuff around it And we're like, oh, who are you? And they're just like a, a normal person, but we can't relate to that because that's not how we know them. Yeah. Um, so that's always a, interesting. Like, I got a story about that too. If you want to hear, I got a, I got a Jonah Hill story. A what story? A Jonah Hill story. You know, Jonah Hill, the the actor I who uh, love Jonah Hill. Let's go. He's great, man. So I was uh, I'm in L.A. one day. <laughs> There's also a Megan Fox pickup story, but that's not important. I'm in, I'm in oh, that's not important. <laughs> I'm, no, it's not. I'm, I'm in LA one day, and I'm going to this place called Blue Bottle. That's my favorite coffee place down in like this place called Backyard Bowls. They have these acai bowls; they're really good. And I'm just chilling there one day, and I see like just Jonah Hill just coming down the street, right? And he's just like he's like not having the day, bro. Like this must have been back then, back when he was like dating that girlfriend he's like famous for now, like ex girlfriend, mm -hmm. or like was. 
like like saying like terrible stuff about him in the media now. Like he was probably dating her at that time. He's having like, not a good day. He, like you can see it on his face. He's just not in the mood. And then these very opportunistic people came up to him. They're like holding his hand so hard, like Jonah, Jonah. And they're like not letting go of him. He's just trying to get his coffee, man. And they're holding his hand so much he has to like walk like around a tree to break the contact of the handshake. Like they wouldn't let go of him. Like, Use the tree as an obstacle. And yeah. so he comes in behind me and he's at the cafe. Now he's at the, in the cafe, right? And he's just like, <laughs> I remember I just turned around. I'm like, it's just one of those days, huh? He's like, yeah, he's like, man. He's like, you know, and I wanted this, I like, I wanted to say to him, like, bro, like, how are you doing? Like, literally, literally just like look him in the face, and be like, bro, how how are you doing? Like, like, what's up? Like, let me know if you need anything. Like, human to human for a moment, because I saw it, like he had nobody do that for him. So mm-hmm. even like when he got his coffee, like the person at the front desk was very nice to him. But as soon as he turned away, like, oh my gosh, I served Jonah Hill, and you know how I served, you know, how I, like they're telling the story, like it boosts their ego. And I remember mm-hmm. just like ch- chatting to him at this coffee place, and he was just like. Like he just needed the moment. He just needed a friend for a moment. And like, he couldn't even escape his moment of escaping. And that was really just wild to see that, you know, and to, to chat to him about that. And we always tell that story of like, we always tell the story of like me and my buddy, Jesse, we tell the story like uh, to people on boot camp who we're talking to, because the most high value people, the way to relate to them is to let them be a person. Yeah. Amen. Luke, Luke used to have this line. He would say, just exist with the girl. If you can walk up to a stunning 10 and just exist with that girl, that is something she hasn't experienced in a long time. You'll stand up mm-hmm. from everybody else who's trying to get validation or something from her or something, something her to say something about themselves, you know, mm-hmm. if, if she doesn't get that chance. And when you give a celebrity or high value person that chance, they'll love you. They'll love spending time with you. And I've had, I've had lots of encounters like that. Where I just like end yeah. up kicking somebody like some celebrity, like three in the morning in like a hotel room and like, you know, we just hang out or whatever, or like some model, playboy model with everybody knows end up like dating for something like that but i just never talk about it like i've i've dated like i would say it off camera but i've dated people that i cannot even talk about but that i wouldn't talk about it because they dated me for that exact same reason because they wouldn't have to like worry about it on a red carpet or they wouldn't have to like express it verbally they wouldn't have to like justify it in the media or to the pr rep which is like oh that's cool like sure you know and yeah they're they're happy to do that yeah it's something well first of all incredible stories here from you i mean i lived in la for a while as well but i never met anyone famous oh, i once oh, saw man. dan bilzerian like i once uh, saw him in the club I'm like oh shit is that bizarre? uh and i met one of the dire wolf puppies from the game of thrones that's as that's as close as i got but um you know you said something very beautiful there and that's like you know like like and, and i related to that of course on a much much smaller scale but I remember it was it must have been my third or fourth world tour and it was the the one world tour that really almost like cost me my life so to speak because I you know I I think I've had I've had years where I was on like 50 cities in a year you know where I had like a weekend off in the whole and that was like the weekend between uh, Christmas and New Year's right I remember like I was going I was coming home on December 23rd uh from uh, Gothenburg Sweden and I was back on tour on the 1st of January on my way to London. And somewhere in that time, I realized exactly what you said. It's like, nobody asks you how you actually are. Mm. You meet more people than ever before. You meet nicer people. They all say they love you and you're great than ever before. But at the same time, nobody actually cares about you as a person. They just care about you as as the concept, right? as in your case, the singer or the actor, or in my case, it was 
the coach or the guy from YouTube or, you know, my role model. Like that was the only thing that people saw within me. They literally, it's the most objectifying, disgusting thing in the world. But you can't really do anything because at the same time, you got to be fucking grateful that you have people that, that look up to you, that follow you, that come to your events. And I remember it, it was like, it was like I, I would do a, a three-hour speech in front, of, in front of 300, 400 people. And then, you know, at the end, you know, like a free tour. And then at the end, I would stand on the side next to the stage and people would line up, right? And they all would shake my hand and they would take photos and they would all say like, oh my God, like I watch all your videos and da-da-da and da-da-da and this and that. But what it actually was in reality, it was all just taking. It was all yeah. like, here's this the max slice, the max cake. And I want to have my fucking slice of that shit. And they just took and took and took and took until I literally was just an, a shell. I was just this empty shell. All the energy had been given to everyone. And everybody's like, hey, can I have some energy from you? And you're like, well, you know, I, I got like whatever, a thousand energy, but here's one, right? And then the next one and the next one. And after a thousand people, you got no more energy. And they're like, well, can I just, just get like a 1%? percent like, all right, here's, here's, here's a little bit more energy of me. And then at the end, I would I was completely I was so sucked off that energy. I didn't have anything else to give anymore. And mm -hmm. I remember I even had to tell my assistant back then, I'm like, whatever you do, please don't go away. Please just stay there with me. Like at no point ever can I be alone because I it was almost like my assistant sitting next to me would like protect my energy a little bit. Yeah. Because he would be there. There would be a person that knows me as a person and not just as this fucking concept. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was really tough. And that's also why I remember there I got like one or two uh, internal reviews, meaning a, a review that a, that a, that a one on one client of mine would not write publicly, but he would send that back to our concierge people and they would say like uh hey hey like something wrong with max he has like zero energy and i constantly feel like he's he doesn't want to be there wow. and that's really and and that's where i realized like it's fucking true i just want to i just want to go home man i just want to play video games and be by myself and all that jazz and then i i flew home on the 23rd of december and in my head i'm like finally like days off but of course what happened was now my family wants the energy they're like son brother you're back great come sit at the fucking table with us right and i'm like hey guys i need a moment like let me come and they're like what do you you think you're too good now mr travel the world making millions you know they totally misread it because i'm just like guys i can't and i remember i was it was christmas eve and my dad was like preparing the table for the Christmas feast. And I was just sitting on the couch next to the to the to the dinner area. And I was just like staring into the void, you know, just like being by myself. And of course, everybody wanted to talk to me. Everybody wanted me to talk about my travels. And my dad was like, son, like, aren't you going to join helping your family, like make up the table? And I'm like, I can't. And he's like, what do you mean you can't? Like, you're too lazy today. Like, you think you're too good now for us, right? And, I, and I'm just like, and that was the moment where I broke. So I just start crying. And, and and it was the first time my dad had seen me cry since I was a, a toddler or a child, you know. It just burst. I bursted out tears and I said, I can't. And I remember my voice breaking. And my dad looks at me. And at first he's super confused, you know. And my dad's a big guy. He's a big guy. 
And and he just looks at me like that. And I couldn't tell, like, is he angry or confused? I couldn't read the emotion all through my teary eyes. And he just starts charging at me. And I remember there was like a stool, like a chair. He just like yanks it out of the way. And I'm like, is he is he going to smack me now? Like my dad had never hit me. So I was like, is this the moment? I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm getting hit by my dad. And And what he actually does is he just hugs me. And he hugs me so tight. And I'm like, and I'm just pressed into his shoulder and I'm just fucking crying. I'm letting it all out. And and he cries too. I can hear it. And he says, you know, like, son, like, I get you. I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes we just can't do things. It's all fine. It's all good. And, and that was a really, really beautiful experience that I shared there with my dad. And uh, I'm grateful for that. But what I was kind of trying to get back to is like, People don't understand that about famous people. It's like they don't, they're fucking, they don't want to take a fucking selfie with you. They don't give a shit. But if you treat them as a normal human being, they're actually going to be grateful. It will be refreshing to them. And to wrap that thought up, when I started working, I told you earlier how amazing it was for me to shoot a video with Tyler or with Julian. I couldn't freaking believe it. I was the biggest fanboy in the world, but I never let Julian or Tyler or anybody feel that i mm-hmm. never asked tyler for a picture when i was his free fucking unpaid assistant i never added can i take a selfie with you for my buddies at home that don't believe me that i'm your assistant i never asked for any of that until i was literally featured on his channel you know and it was the same for julian i was like i never had a selfie with julian because it would have been the frame of me fan you the cool guy and i'm leeching this value of it by taking a selfie i held back on that until i was considered more or less an equal and i was actually featured in their videos and that moment was much more sweeter because to be honest i could have gone down the fanboy route and i could have gotten that selfie i could have gotten that little value leech of tyler or of julian or whoever but i'm pretty sure that i would have then never become an instructor because they would have just categorized me. This is the fanboy guy. And I didn't want that. I want them to see me as a potential also coach. Mm-hmm. So that's how it did. That's a, that's a story. That's a story. Man. I don't, I don't have anything to, 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 to add to that story, bro. That's like, that was deep. Had the example, had the expression, it had the, uh, that story had everything, man. I can't, I can't compete with that story. How do I follow up after that story? <laughs> pushing, pushing the stool away to the corner. How do I? How do I, I <laughs> stool. Shout out man. to my dad, man. Shout out to my dad. He's sixty yeah. now. He's he's actually flying out uh, here to Cyprus. He's gonna hang with me for for like ten days or something. It's gonna be his little vacation, and uh, yeah, I man, he's a cool dude. And now, uh, no more crying. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm all good. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I the, the, what you said there, I can definitely relate to. What I've had the same situation where I'm just like, I got nothing left to give. I'm like, yeah, because the job is giving. You know, like people don't yeah. realize. To, let's even say to like be successful. Okay, let me say it this way: people don't realize that to be successful or to be famous means you have a sacrifice. There yes. is a lie that is being told in the world is that you can have anything you want. Well, you can have anything, but you cannot have everything at the same time. Yeah, it's amen. Possible. You have to sacrifice something to get another thing. You either sac- when you're broke, you sacrifice your time to get a skill. When you get the skill, you sacrifice the skill to get money. There's a sacrifice, but in this world, we're told you can have everything. So people don't realize that when somebody's famous, they've made sacrifices, and often they've sacrificed family time, energy, like things like that. I can remember in 2021. 
it was the first year after the pandemic. I think it's 2021, 2020. I was on tour in Helsinki, which I love. Helsinki, Kambi. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love Helsinki. I was on tour there and I get a phone call that my uncle has passed away. Okay. And at this moment, I got to be like, am I going to spend the three grand to go over there? I, I asked one of my aunts, I'm like, should I spend the three grand on the flight to go over there and go to the funeral? And they literally tell me, well, he's already passed away. And if you come, there's nothing else you can, you can't really do anything. You're just there. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So this is the sacrifice. This is the sacrifice that it comes to like fulfilling a client's um, coaching program, being in another country, overseas. There's a mm -hmm. sacrifice that's made at a level that people don't even understand or they've never experienced. With every level, there's a new devil. That just means with every level of success, there's a new level or devil of sacrifice. Remember I was talking to um, one of my buddies who has a company now. He's in Forbes 40 under 40 list. Sorry, Bloomberg's 40 under 40. Very successful guy. He's been in some of my videos. He's in Canada. He has a top furniture company in Canada. It has $200 million a year. And he tells me that he sat in his room for three years and just worked. For three years, he even moved back home. He had an apartment. He moved hmm. back home to, not, to save money and to work on his business for three years. And now he's like one of the most successful people in, in the country. They, he's actually, you know, literally speaking, he makes more, more money than Alex Hermosi, literally speaking, when he's just unknown. Right? And this guy, he made sacrifices. But people don't realize that they say he just has it all. And what he what he enjoys the most, the people that like just don't take from him. Because everybody wants to go on his yacht. Everybody wants to drive with him in his Lamborghini. Everybody, when, when he goes to a restaurant, he says, everybody always assumes that I'm going to pick up the bill. They don't even ask me if they can pay. <laughs> they don't even ask. He's like, I'd like, he's like, fine, I'm going to do it anyways. But when there's a group of people at a table, they always assume that I am getting the bill. Right? And that's yeah. crazy. So what I try to do when I'm around somebody like that, or some, you know, because I can relate to it. I'm like, I, I try to not ask him for anything. Or I try to do little things for him, like pick up something on the way. Yo, you need this, bro. Whatever, whatever. I got you. Let me hook you up. And um, because people who are in high demand or high value are successful, they've made sacrifices and they they just don't, they need a break. <laughs> they just need a break. And if you're around them, like it's an incredible relationship you can build just from, just from that. And I've, yeah. I've experienced it too in my life. I've experienced it where everybody's always like, you know, your job is to answer questions. Everybody's always asking what they can get. In yeah. dating, like, bro, I'm, I'm just so done with dating. I'm, like, over dating. I'm, yeah. like, I'm so done. You have no idea. Like, I, if I want to, like, like right now I'm on a podcast with you, so I'm, like, sitting in a chair, like, kind of, like, chill. If I want to, I could be super charismatic, right? Me yeah. and you had experiences. We have that one time where I went skinny dipping with two girls in a video blog <laughs> in, <laughs> on the beach in Miami. Like, I, I, can, I can pull up this charm if I want to. I don't even want to go on a date anymore because when i go on a date the person is automatically thinking like what they can get i'm gonna get them a taxi or i'm gonna pick them up i'm gonna be courteous i'm gonna pro provide conversation i'm gonna be funny i'm gonna be charming i'm gonna be witty i'm gonna pay for the meal i'm gonna escalate things along i'm gonna flirt you know what are they gonna do sit there and just kind of like reciprocate it and not give anything back it's like oh i'll accept your flirting i'll accept your meal i'll accept your charming i'll accept this and they think they think they just have to show up so I'm so over any relationship that where it's like not reciprocated. <laughs> any relationship yeah, yeah. not reciprocated, I'm just done with it. I don't have the patience for it. I just like, there's no place for it in my life. I seem like I'm rude. I'll just like get up and just like leave a situation. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not needed here anymore. I'll literally say like, my my presence is not needed, needed in this situation anymore. And I'll like yeah. get up and like, like, I'll explain it, but I'll, I'll like, I'll leave gracefully. I'm like, hey, 
I, I really shouldn't be here anymore. Do you want like a taxi home? Like, like I'm like, I'll like help them to get out of like work, the dinner or whatever. Cause I'm just like done completely with just like give, 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 give. Yeah. And yeah. Also, I'm a bad receiver. I don't know about you, but are you bad at receiving things from people? I'm really bad at it. I'm really yeah. bad at it. Whenever I get a pre, whenever someone gives me something, I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't want to, I don't want to discourage people to give me something now when I listen to that. Please do. But, <laughs> you know, like, I saw like the podcast, someone, you don't like getting stuff back. So I ain't getting you shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like when someone goes out of their way, they just give me a present. I'm like, I'm like, this is the nicest thing I've ever got. Like, I'm, because for me, it's so far out of my reality that someone thinks of me and they want to give me something nice because I'm just like you. I'm so used to giving, to being the giver. And when I'm in this other role of being the receiver, I'm like, I'm not used to this at all. Mm -hmm. Makes me feel very weird. I mean, I'm always very, very grateful, but like almost every single gift I've ever received, I remember like that suit jacket that you gave me. I'm like, I mean, you didn't give it to me, but you let me wear it. I'm like, I remember this because I'm not used to getting stuff without asking for it. That's funny. Bro, you're like, you ever see the movie Harry Potter with Dobby? When Dobby gets like a piece of cloth from Harry, like from Harry Potter, he's like, Dobby's giving Harry Potter a cloth. Dobby's free man. He's like, he's like shook. Like, like in these like tattered clothes, he's never received anything. He's just like, okay. yeah, exactly. Happy. That's how I am. I'm like Dobby. Dobby. <laughs> from Harry Potter. Bro, I'm wearing shoes right now. My shoes are like these um, 2013 like Air Max or 2023, like, I don't know, Air Maxes that kind of like fall apart right. now. I got these from my ex-girlfriend. She like gave them to me. They're like $220 shoes. I'm like, you bought me shoes? Like, I'm like, you could have gotten me the cheaper ones. She's like, yeah, but you deserve the best ones. I'm like, huh? Like for a week, I was like, I need to go down on her or something. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh I don't understand like how, how to like reciprocate this. Like, do you understand yeah. what it's like? She's like, it's just shoes, relax. But it's because when you have an audience, like you're a content creator, back to that, when you have an audience, you're every day you wake up, you say, How can I give to my audience? What does my audience yeah. need? How can they yeah. get? Give them what they want. How do I serve my audience? How do I serve these people that I've never met before in my life? Every day I wake up and I ask myself that question. Would they prefer exactly. this video or would they prefer that video? So you're just like yeah. in the head, like thinking of give, give, give. And then you're like, somebody's giving to me? Like, what, what, why? Like, what, like why? What? Like a dog. Exactly. Like, what? What do they want? <laughs> What's, why are they doing this? It's kind of strange. Yeah. But. Exactly. Like, like I'm not used to that. Like my girlfriend's also very much in giving. She's a Scandinavian beautiful woman, and and, and Scandinavian women that love giving. So mm-hmm. I get like the like the best presents from her. Like I got a wallet, like a Louis Vuitton wallet, and she's not even she doesn't have her own business. She just works a nine to five. Not even because she has to, but she, because she loves to. And she gave me this beautiful Louis Vuitton um wallet with like my initials in it, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like. Perfect. And she's so smart about it. You know, she would like ask me and me being dumb as I am. She's like, if you had a wallet, like what is important? And I'm like, well, it needs to have a zipper because all my keys could go in there. Of course, I don't freaking get it that she's asking me this because she's planning to buy me this for my birthday. Right. And then she buys it for my birthday. And I'm like, and I'm like, how did you know that I want to have one with a zipper? And she's like, because I asked you and I can't even remember, you know, and it's it, Bro, it, it's that, very, it's so the fact that she even asked you because I asked you. Yeah. She even, she either huh? asked, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So exactly that she's like, oh, I bet he has a preference. So uh, I'm going to ask him instead of just buying him some random stuff. So, so that's, that's very beautiful. Like when someone thinks and, and gives you something thoughtful, I, I always appreciate that. Um, Anyways, to get back 
to like the point we had like an hour ago. <laughs> Your tour <laughs> yeah. dates, man. I got them here. So, oh, so you actually, so December 29th to 31st, Playa del Carmen. So you're going to celebrate New Year's with your clients or? Yeah, let me just read just this camera here. Yeah, that's the idea. I want to do a New Year's Eve boot camp. Playa del Carmen is very fun. It's a great party city. A lot of people yes. know it because they went down there just through uh, the pandemic. They went down there and had a lot of fun. And uh, it's one of the best New Year's I've ever seen. There's a great street there called Fifth Street. It's got all the clubs that are like lined up back to back. You just jump and bar hop nice. from one another. It's like the South American Fifth Fifth Street or Sixth Street in Austin. Uh, or like Yeah, the, yeah, the Sixth Street. Yeah. So I, I love that place. I want to do that. It's more fun thing to do. Um, I don't want to celebrate New Year's Eve in the cold. Uh, I want to celebrate New Year's Eve somebody somewhere warm doing something fun. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I get cool. it. And then. Oh my God! And then May third to fifth, Amsterdam. A week after that, Norway, Oslo, and then a week after that, Budapest, Hungary, and then a week after that, Prague. We'll make it happen, man. Mark my words, Madison. Mark my words. Everybody listening to this, you and I are gonna make it happen in person. Cause first of all, these are great cities in Europe. Um, probably I'll meet you in Amsterdam or in Prague. I'm I'm eyeing these two dates. Um, it's May. I don't have any plans. I mean, if I'm on the continent, I'll make it happen. I'll fly in and then, uh, we'll have some steak together, man. Cause you and I have shared a lot of things, wink, but we oh, have God. not shared a steak because I'm not vegetarian anymore since True. one and a half years. I got you. Uh, what did I get you when you were here? Was it like poutine or like beaver tails? What did I get you in Canada? The beaver, the beaver tails, man. I remember the beaver tail. And you, yeah. I, you here's, here's, here's what I remember. Because you said like you got these Studa waffles thingy, right? Because mm. you like them so much. So so when I first went to Montreal, you showed me and Julian the beaver tails. Mm. But I was still a broke assistant. I did not get paid. And I was like constantly malnourished, you know, calorie deaf in like in <laughs> like what is it called? Uh, in, intermittent uh, fasting. Uh, no, not even intermittent. Fasting. No, no, in involuntary fasting. That's <laughs> what I gotta say. So, I'm counting my calories. I'm on, a, I'm on intermittent fasting is just anorexia for men. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. So for me, it was very involuntary. I'm a fat kid on the inside. And and I ate this beaver tail, which you know, for those who don't know, it's it's like a baked out of fat bread with Nutella and banana on it, and it's like the best. It's like a heart attack thing, but it's so good. And I, me being me, me always having no middle grounds, I eat this thing that you paid for. I I, I think I can I th I'm pretty pretty vividly remember someone paid for it. I'm assuming it was you because you're yeah, a cool fucking dude. Not gonna take you to eat something that you don't like and make you pay for it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it. I, I eat this and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And if I ever make it from an assistant to an instructor, and I come back here, I'm gonna order twenty. So lo and behold, a freaking year later, I'm in Montreal again, and I'm like. I want to go to get beaver tails. And I just walk in. And I'm like, yeah, 20 beaver tails. <laughs> so I just get 20 beaver tails. And they come in this, in this, in this little box, like, right? They give it to you in this like, cardboard box. So I'm literally stacking them up, the, just like cardboard box above cardboard box. And it's, it's like a cartoon, you know, where it's like higher than me. And I'm like trying to balance it, walking out. And then I just, I just brought him back to the Airbnb and I had like my whole crew. Uh, me and 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 you know whatever the shadows or the the local 
the local assistant dude. And we were like five guys or something like that. And we just had 20 beaver tails that we shared and we just munched the hell out of that. So the, here goes out, here goes out to all my friends from Montreal beaver tails, best thing ever. That's, that's crazy story, man. That's it's so funny how you wanted the simplest thing. Like when you, when you got, <laughs> got paid, same things like Ariana Grande, like I want to, I would like to have a strip waffle. Like I do anything for a strip waffle. Reminds me of back in the day, like you know. Yeah. So like, Ariana, if you if Ariana, if you're watching this, you and I would be a great fit together. I mean, you. I mean, you know, you with the strip waffles and me. I mean, come on, that that means something, right? There's a reason why you ran into my friend Madison. Um, you have tattoos. I have tattoos. We both like food. <laughs> we have so much in common. I mean, it's great. Let's uh, hit me up on the DMs. Yeah. She huh? is single. She's single now again. So you know, she's divorced again. Oh, she is. Let yeah, me yeah. check out her Instagram. Like again, like I'm so behind on like cool music and stuff like that. We're both musicians, you know. I'm I I used to play in metal bands. That's very similar to what Ariana Grande does, right? Guys tattoos, same. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> Ariana Max, Grande, Max thirty-eight. Yeah, Max oh, Torn, uh, Mac Miller, always the same name. Basically the same name. <laughs> Basically the same name. Holy shit, she has three hundred eighty million followers. What? Huh? I'm not worthy. Okay, she looks very different than what I thought. Damn, what happened to her, man? How old is she now? She no looking, She's got to be early She 30s. looks She looks kind of like an alien. I would assume she's like 31 now, I think. I would assume. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Look, she's very beautiful, no doubt. But I see her and I'm like my girlfriend's more beautiful. Oh, she has the hand tattoos. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean she looks like she lost too much weight. You know, you know what I'm saying. You know, when yeah. someone is too, when you're like, Ugh, yeah. Well, I mean, she, I mean, to think about it, she just had a divorce and her ex boyfriend died. So, like, I mean, that's got to be some like trauma going on oh. there. Like, imagine like the effects of that on your mental health, right? Wait, so, so like I said, like I know nothing. So. Because you mentioned Mac Miller, that was the DJ, uh, the, the the rapper or something that died yeah, of an overdose yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. And, and then she and that was her, her her that was her husband, or they already were divorced when he. I think I think her and Mac Miller were in like engaged, maybe I don't know. And then uh, her she just recently got divorced like a month ago or something like that. So I mean, all those things mentally can't be the most satisfying situations. They got to have play some sort of toll on a human. I could imagine. I mean, I mean, like you said, you you can have anything, but not everything at once. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then stuff is public. That really, you know, when when your whole life is public and stuff like that. You know, you know, I've 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 had a phase where I was so sick and tired of of anything that was that was in relation to being known. Because because if you really think about it, and I've made reels about that, some of them have even gone viral too, where I said, like, if I could choose between money or fame, I always pick money. Because mm -hmm. to be fully fair, everybody thinks like, oh, if I was Brad Pitt, my life would be so cool, right? Just like red carpet, everybody. Like Brad Pitt can do nothing. This guy, this guy can be in his house, right? If he wants to go somewhere, he needs to go with a convoy. He needs to go masked with a hat on. With you know, if he wants to fly somewhere, he can only fly in his private jet. And people before he say, "Oh, poor guy, can only fly in the private jet," still fucking sucks. He can't just 
say, hey, let's go to the beach. He needs to go to like a specific private beach where nobody else is. That's fucking inconvenient. Like, is is Brad Pitt more free or is he actually less free than you and I? Because to be honest, Madison, like I'm not I'm not a drinker. I don't drink alcohol very rarely. But theoretically, I could get myself completely shit face drunk. I could walk down the street and party it up and then pass out and on the floor. I would wake up the next morning with more or less no consequences. Imagine you were Brad Pitt and you do that. You know, like your sponsors would drop you. Like you'd be on the news and Brad Pitt getting drank. Like you couldn't get any more of your roles. Like you're mm-hmm. fucked. And now imagine, imagine I always bring up the the C the CEO of IKEA, right? Like, 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 like his, 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 what's the net worth of the CEO of Ikea? Probably like a hundred million ish, you know, 200 million or something like that. You, as a guy like that, that has all the money, but zero fame, nobody recognizes this guy. If you're the CEO of Ikea, you can go to the grocery store. You can, you know, behave like shit. You can go to a bar. You can get shit face drunk. You can get in arguments with strangers. You can do whatever you want. If you want to go to the beach, go to the beach. Nobody cares. If you want to fly first class, go fly first class. If you want to fly business class, go fly business class. If you just want to just take a bus somewhere, fuck it, because it's convenient. You could do it. So who's actually more free? The CEO of IKEA who has all the money but zero people know him or Brad Pitt? Yeah, sure. Brad Pitt walks on the freaking red carpet and everybody thinks he's cool and he's going to be on the big screen, but ultimately who cares? That's just ego. Yeah. I don't give a damn about my ego. What I want is I want to have the maximum amount of freedom with the maximum amount of choice to do what I want, to go where I want, to go there with whom I want, to say what I want, when I want, and I want to be able to do whatever the hell I want. So I'm going to make as much money as possible so I can buy the things that I want to buy, so I can give the things to the people that I want to give things to, so I can buy land, I can grow vegetables, I can invest in this, I can invest in that, I can fly business class, first class, whatever the hell I want. I The, the whole idea why I'm making money is just so I buy myself options. And the more known I am, the less options I have. I mean, just see the fact that I have tattoos on my fingers, right? And these are funny tattoos. These are like the PlayStation buttons here. This is this is a a, a bird that that is in the Austrian Alps because I thought like, hey, I miss my home. I want to have an Austrian bird with me. The, you, uh, there's a compass there. It says GG on my thumbs. Like, do you think I would probably make more money if I didn't have these tattoos? If I would look a little bit more conservative? Sure. And that alone already messes with me. Do you think I would make more money if I didn't say the F word or the S word? Probably, yeah. And that already fucks with me. And I'm saying specifically it fucks with me because I want to tell myself, hey, Max, you might not make as much money as you would if you were completely clean with your content, but at the same time, it would take away your freedom. And the moment something takes away my freedom, I don't want to do it because freedom is the highest, most important good that anyone can achieve. And that's why I think it doesn't freaking sucks if you're, quote unquote, too famous. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I often think about, I agree with David. I often think about like civilian life. That's what I call it. Like going back <laughs> in civilian. Cause like being a dating coach, Jeffy used to say is like having a face tattoo. It's like, once you've had that face tattoo, it's like there <laughs> on the internet forever in some way. 
That's what it's like. So I often think about what it'd be like to do that. I have a buddy of mine who has a uh, Amazon drop shipping company. Um, yeah. And what he does is he just like does like review videos for cameras and stuff online. And he's making like, I don't know, pocketing like quarter million a year. And uh, that's like net. And he's happy, dude. And he doesn't have to wor worry about like what people think of him. They don't even know him because it's not even his face on the review videos. It's all like automated shit like in mm. the Philippines. But me, mm. I wake up and I have 10 notifications of people who are like, thank you, Madison. This is amazing. This video, like, help me. I, I'm going to apply this. And 10 notifications of, you suck. Look at this old black guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. Has he even ever gone out to a club? And I'm like, yes, I have. <laughs> so every, and every day, I have at least, like, I'm saying 10 comments that can kind of put in perspective. What I mean, it's more. It's probably like 30 comments like that a day, right? And it's like being a, being a brand, it's like that is what you are faced to encounter every day. So you do have the beneficial perk of like, I walk into a restaurant, like I walk into this restaurant in Toronto, which is called uh, Cost at the Bisha Hotel. And like an NBA player comes up to me, he's like, yo, I love your stuff. And like, I like, he like wants my number and wants to like do hang out, right? Like I have that stuff, I'm like basketball players, but I also have like the 20 comments a day that are like, I hate you or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. I have the I have the weird comment where it's like I go to the if I go to the airport and they're like so what do you do it's like I do social skills it's like did you ever do like I don't want to say I did dating because they're like what's that mean like they want to get into it you know yeah. am I gonna am I gonna go to the bank am I gonna go to the bank and be like well sir I have an Amazon an Amazon business I'm like yes we're gonna approve that loan we're gonna help you find <laughs> or am I gonna go to the bank and like yeah I I, help, I used to help guys that were like like losers like get chicks and they're like. We don't want your load. We don't. We're not. It's the, same <laughs> money. it's the same money, the same amount of money. But being faceless would allow me to like and just enjoy it in a different way. I, I really respect these dudes. I think like these dudes are like 40, 50, 60. I want to be at that stage in life where I get older. and I'm just like chilling, like in the Philippines with like, I don't know, some like some like a dog and like a girlfriend or something like that. Maybe a family in the Philippines. They're like, what does he do? Like, oh, I heard he used to own a business, but he's retired now. We don't really yeah. know what he Something in landscaping or gardening. We don't know what he did. It wasn't, it wasn't popular. And I really like this idea too, because I think everybody who made lots of money didn't make it from their ego. Like the people that, how do I say this? Like they were egotistical in their success, but the people who really made it, I don't think it was, they were egotistical. Like the guy who like the biggest company in America in history was a company called U.S. Steel. U.S. Steel. This, the, the wackest name ever and the shittiest product you know who like who wakes up every day dreaming about steel nobody but it was the biggest company in american history you think the guy that makes like the little like the buttons here you know, like these little zippers that are called like yykyz the little the little button guy i think he just yeah. wakes up like a button fanatic he's like a button freak he's got, he's got a button <laughs> fetish he puts buttons on everything buttons on his, <laughs> shirt, on his shirt buttons on his hat buttons on his coffee mugs I don't think he wakes up like crazy about buttons every day or the guy who makes little salt packages that go in restaurants. Whoever yeah. makes those salt packages that go in restaurants, they're in every single restaurant. But he's not like a yeah. salt fanatic. He doesn't wake up thinking about salt. When he, when he like, when he, <laughs> he's like, what do you do in life? He's like, I'm, I'm into salt. And he's like, passionate about it. He talks about it forever. <laughs> That's not what happens. He's just like, it makes money. There's an opportunity in the market. The market's underserved. I have connections or whatever. I'm going to do this faceless, faceless thing and be happy. You know, mm. it's like um, it's like these girls, not these girls, these guys that are saying like in dating, the girl would rather date a guy who's a doctor than date a somebody who has an online business. that does Amazon makes the same amount of money because a doctor is like at least a reputation because like I'm dating a doctor. Mm, I'm dating. Yep. 
you can they can brag to their girlfriends about it like you know you know you know max he's a doctor Ooh, she's thanked herself a doctor yeah like, yeah who, who are you dating stephanie oh i'm dating a doctor now oh you're oh stephanie's got a doctor it's like oh i'm dating an online content creator about like 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 what is that like you know, it's, it's 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 better to be it's better to not have that fame. I think I think life would be easier and better without that fame. But again, Max, that's only because we've experienced it that we say that. Mm. It's only because we've lived in mansions. I lived in three mansions. I think you you pop in and live in the mansion once in a while too. I've driven every car. I've eaten at every. We talk we talk about Steve Wynn Steakhouse. We've been there probably seven eight times. I've yeah. eaten I've eaten at eight of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants. <laughs> the best one being Petrus. I ate in the kitchen. They have a private table inside the kitchen in the basement. You could sit there in the middle of the kitchen while they cook. I've eaten there. No There's way. Nothing else I could possibly do. And because I've done everything, the only thing that I actually like, there's nothing else I let me put it this way. There's nothing I need. Sorry, there's nothing I want. Nothing I want. All my wants have been fulfilled. The only thing I need is peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I need. A little bit of peace, a little bit of quiet. That's all I want. Hey, 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 lady, you want to go on a date? Yeah, I want to like go to the beach and like get drinks. I want to like take pictures and I want to like, you know, get the Instagram photos. Like, no, I just I just want a woman to come with me. This sounds so boring. I want a woman to just come with me, sit in the room. We're in my living room. I want her to sit a little bit away from me, like on, on the same couch. I want her to read a book and I want me to read a book and I want us to like not talk. <laughs> this is my <laughs> idea of a perfect date. And when I describe this to everybody, they go, that sounds like a horrible date. Why would I want to do that? It's because I've already done everything else. You mm -hmm. haven't done the, the Steakwood Steakhouse. You haven't done the cars. You haven't done the three mansions. You don't know what that's like. So you don't, so you want to do that, but you have, you have a, you feel like you, you, you need that thing. You don't actually need it. You don't need it. You just want it. So anyway, long rant there, just to say that I would prefer the little simplest thing. All I want to get a nice house, a fence, a couple of, a couple of investment properties, two dogs so the dogs can keep each other company in the day and play with each other you know a wife like some some passive income you know like i don't need the fame bro i don't need the fame i don't need it at all i really don't need it at all the the, the pressure to post every day like i gotta post again today like every day it's like a fucking groundhog day with bill murray you wake up you're like <laughs> post something you know, what are we doing today same thing we do every day pinky take over the world and post on instagram <laughs> like same shit every day I don't, oh, like the pressure, the, the posting pressure. Oh no, I didn't post yesterday. Am I a bad person now? Oh no, like who am I? I didn't post. Like if I don't have that pressure, like that would be a great way to live life. I think um, a lot of people also create that for themselves. Like everybody wants to be famous. And so they create that pressure for themselves. But it's really unnecessary. Get a faceless yeah. job, start an Amazon drop shipping or e-commerce <laughs> store or faceless brand and just like live life and be an old old person. Like, like that's, that's the shit, man. That's the shit. Well, man, you know, I, as we're, as we're slowly wrapping up the podcast, I think I think that was a really beautiful rant here, um, and and like again, it's not just a random rant coming from a random person. This is the rant from someone who's done it all. You've traveled the world, you've eaten at the restaurants, you've dated the models. Um, I have a very special connection with you because not many people did what we did. Um, in fact, like eight or nine people did what we did across the entire world in the entire history of humankind. Um, and uh, it's you're such a fucking special person, Madison. You're such a special person, and uh, you age backwards. That alone makes you special already. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's really, I have special, like special, uh, uh, medicine practices. Literally, literally that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I mean, dude, it's been almost, it has probably been almost a decade since last time you and I talked that long. Uh, and uh for 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 that and if ever i mean you know we've done videos together and stuff like that mm -hmm. but um i've certainly enjoyed the living hell out of this man and like i said like i have i took a screenshot of your dates i'm gonna put them on my calendar right after this podcast we'll make it happen uh we're making it happen here with everybody as a witness and uh we're gonna go have that steak and all that jazz we're gonna stay in touch and and, and have a good fucking time um how can bro. people find you uh everything we're co we've uh put it on one page now so madison in person m-a-d-i-s-o-n-i-n-p-e-r-s-o-n.com you'll find my digital programs there you'll find my mentoring there that i do on social skills you'll find my travel dates of learning live in person there everything is oh, going to yeah. be uh on that like hub so you can find everything there to find me just go there madison in person and bro i want to give you your flowers too you know um you might not have gotten them but every day there's like a owner or previous or a sub owner of the company. It's like, you know, Max really showed me what's possible to like, like work on like systems. Like he's a big systems guy working on systems, like little details in his business. And like, you really made a transition to your, to your uh, mentoring and coaching really fast before a lot of us did. And so you were uh, a trendsetter in that way. You were always a very hard worker and you always exemplified what hard work was. Um, and you always used to say you used to work hard because you felt like, you didn't have the skills everybody else had, so you had to outwork them. Well, I don't think you need to do that anymore. I don't think you need to feel like you don't have the skills anymore. Uh, you got them, so I'm going to give you give you your flowers at that. Say you have the skills, and um, you, you know it's always putting you like once above everybody else. And uh, yeah, love to see what you're doing, bro. I love what you're doing. Man, coming from you, it means a lot to me, man. Really, really, really kind words, right? Like I said, I'm I'm awkward when people give me props, so that, that's true. Fucking nice, man. Yeah, let me know what kind of wallet you want, and then we'll send you a wallet soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening and for watching. Go check out Madison. We're going to put all the links in the description and GG. All right. If this inspired you and you say, holy guacamole, I want to travel around. I want to inspire people. I want to make good money, and I'm not sure how to do all that, then simply go ahead. Talk to me. Talk to my team over at maxtorno.com forward slash call. You can literally book your free call with us. We're not going to charge you anything. You'll be patched in directly with me or one of my experts. We'll help you out. We'll help have a look at where you are right now, at your business ideas, at your current business. We'll help you build this thing up. Anything from 10K a month to 500K a month, we can help you. So if you're if you're below 10K a month, you want to get a 10K, we can help you with that. If you're already making money, you want to scale to 500K a month, we can help you with that. Uh, let's get started maxtorno.com forward